Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, driving passion for sport and communities throughout Ireland and abroad. We may not be able to get in on the sporting action we're used to but we can get in on some exclusive offers from Renault. To celebrate their second year as official car partner of the GAA, Renault is offering a range of special offers on their new and used vehicles, exclusive to all GAA club members. So now you can take home the win right to your door. Check out renault.ie slash GAA to find out more. A grain of rice. A grain of rice. Want to tip the scale. Just remember that, then. There's a small bit of a needle there. Now, come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. We're missing what the show is. Then we're no longer a whipping bite of monster. Uh, morning, folks. How are you all doing? We didn't think we'd um, be still podding on the 10th of December, but such is 2020. It's bringing us loads of. Uh, Tough times, but loads of magic times as well. And we're on the eve almost of uh, the All-Ireland Hurling Final. Um, you're very welcome along to the Irish Examiner's Hurling Show in association with Renault. We thank them again for their sponsorship. And uh, it's been great. It's been We've had great crack. We've had great shows. And, and uh, delighted to be bringing it to you again today. And the weather's not too bad out there today. And hopefully if we could get a bit of luck for the next few days... We'll be in for an absolute cracker uh, at half three on Sunday and at one o'clock indeed for the Joe McDonough final as well and also the Camogie final and a raft of under 20 and minor fixtures that are after appearing now as well. So delighted today, even though he's Limerick, um, we couldn't call him for the day. Um, he's been he's been a regular all year with us and the Gaelic ground's looking uh, splendid again behind him. He's just back from Waterford with, with his uh, radio appearance last night in enemy territory, WLR, Mr. TJ Ryan. How are you, kid? Great, Dillo. Great. Magic week. Um, always All-Ireland final week. It's a little bit different to the norm, but it's still magic to be there. And um, things are going well. I believe the word from the camp is very positive. A clean bill of health is what we're all hearing. So all good and just looking forward to the game. So the Galan 50-50 thing is bullshit, like... Well, I think as it was you were one of the, was it Larry said it there early part of the week. Fifty fifty means he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't. Have, are you the PR manager there, by any sense? No, <laughs> so yeah. No, I, I, I'd like to believe everything's fine. I think he he took part in training last week, so we need him, and everything everything's good, and I said everything is um, positive. Low key, you know. To be fair, um, there's no way people aren't meeting. There's no groups and. The tickets piece definitely it's a great help because if one will be hopping as it's on the week of the Ireland final everywhere. So um not not, not the same. Like an Ireland final with a little bit of a difference, but still great to be there. Uh, uh, you're low key, come here. I see the great JP McManus going on Twitter during the week. And I see I thought you weren't on Twitter, Mark Landers. I uh, <laughs> Like something marvelous to me. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, Come here when 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 the when the hierarchy sends down the message. By God, they sent in the big gun this time. Yeah, no, I'm I'm sure every Limerick person all over the world will be in a similar stance, and we're all calling to arms for sure. But in terms of 
um, going for a drink, meeting people, meeting the locals, meeting the people, talking about it. It's not, it's not the same as your usual All Ireland for sure. But yeah. that's what I mean by low key, Mark. But it's great, right. it, it's great to be there. I'm sure you'll find out about it again soon in the next 10 years, I'm sure. Oh, <laughs> shots fired, shots fired. Shots well, fired. Okay. Here, here's a crowd now, like, that, uh, that could potentially win two All Islands in three years. Come here to me. We went up in 1990 and won two islands in a fortnight, my friend. It's, it's all about to know, man. Like, like, we're, we're, not, we're not talking about history. It's, it's all about to know. <laughs> and Declan Hannon lifted twice. Anyone had lifted once. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my dear. Hey, Dale, you got one of them as well, like. You know, you're there, fair play to you, boy. I, up, I was away. I see it. You, you put yeah. especially in. That, that yeah. bookcase is getting better by the week, boy, I'll tell you. She's starting to fill, but there's only books that went into it. There's no medals in there. <laughs> Uh, we're also joined by Mark Landers in Killa, as you can tell. <laughs> Would there be any sign of an old, any sign of an old racing, uh, racing uh, trophy to go up there, Shockley? Is there? I, I, do you know what? Now the Queen is after winning three. This uh, twice in Dundalk last year and once in Tremor, and Mister Healy is putting together the the photographs. So I'm hoping to have it for Christmas Day. I've the gang coming around. There's two of my sisters who I've been. Uh, I've been pawned off for the last 25 years, I suppose, for Christmas dinner. So we're bringing my two sisters, Anne-Marie and Sandra, there. we're doing the turkey this year. We're really looking for So I'm hoping to have the colours up there, Della. You're, are, you, are you holding off on the, on the picture until tomorrow evening at about four or five? Well, you know, as I said, like, we're after winning three already. I, am, I think it would be a bit much to ask her to do four. Uh, but like when the champion jockey, Mr. Colin Keane, rings looking for the ride, he must know a bit more than we do. <laughs> but... Uh, I were hopeful, I suppose. Like, but um, she always seems to need a run back, so I wouldn't be putting my hand in my pocket tomorrow night. Yeah. But yeah, I, I know you're not. A, I know you're not on Twitter, like. But after the run in Clonmel last week, um, there was a few lads. Kevin Ryan and a couple of lads were having a go. Were you riding her yourself? The way she stopped. <laughs> I said, I, I said he'd want to kill her at all. Like, yeah, well, she was definitely carrying top weight if I was in top of her run, but. Uh, no, she, she'd hate that ground. As, as I told you and as I predicted, she wouldn't go on the ground. But we were happy enough like for two miles. She acquitted herself well and back to her favourite place now, Dundalk. And um, on far, I don't know, we get the expenses this, this side of Christmas, but we get at some stage. Like, just... you're, not running, you're not bringing her up there for nothing. We're, we're also delighted uh, to be joined. We tried a couple of Warford lads and they're a bit slow about coming on, lads, but uh, hopefully we might have won Monday morning. Uh, TJ, we might have to. Um, <laughs> uh, we're delighted to be joined by Laura and Tip's finest number one, even though Brian might have something to say about that now. But uh, Ken Hogan, how are you down there? Well, Brendan Combs will definitely have something to say about that, I can tell you. <laughs> uh, just delighted to be uh, here is the real Ken uh, to, uh, this morning. Um, hopefully, hopefully, you'll have number two on Monday morning. But uh, that, be, that being Ken McGrath, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, looking, looking forward to the weekend. Funny enough, last weekend, you know, it's, it's December and Tip Miners are playing on Saturday. But uh, the local radio rang me and said, Can we be all right for the next weekend? And I asked, When's the game on? He says, It's on Sunday. And I kept scratching my head when I left down the phone. I said, Jesus, Sunday. She's something on Sunday. What the hell is on Sunday? <laughs> and next thing it clicks, it's all Ireland Sunday. So, you know, hard to believe, you know, December the 13th. And just looking at the weather forecast, the weather forecast is supposed to be excellent for the weekend. Uh, so from that perspective, uh, wouldn't it be marvellous if there was a couple of thousand in there to add to the atmosphere? Um, yeah. I suppose we're glad for what we have. 
but a huge day for both teams, you know, and to think about it, Watford, like, you know, and we're talking about Limerick lifting the, the, the cup, you know, two, two times in three years, but I think Watford, you know, played in the All-Ireland, right, uh, only a couple of years ago as well. So they're getting a second cut at, at the cake and Tyg the Burke and those fellas, uh, I'd, I'd say they definitely mean business. Yeah, I, I, I'd say you're right, Ken. And I think, you know, we, we will discuss it, obviously, but it's a repeat of the Munster final. And, and like the last time that happened, Clare came out on top again, mind you. But uh, sorry now, Larry, back at base there. He's, he's, he's cleaning the glasses there because they're after fogging up in him there with memories of 97, you know. So, <laughs> Larry, you never know, you never know. It mightn't happen, mightn't happen. But, thank, um, thank Davy Fitz. Uh, stop, will you fucking me? Mother, stop that shot for God's sake. <laughs> and the fellow that didn't let it out for a 65. I know, unbelievable. Uh, That's all forgotten, of course. I, I, oh, but, should forgotten. Of course but should of course you went for the score, didn't you, in 95 and you hit the cross bell and test snapped at home? Well, the thing with 97 was, you see, I was getting married to Fallon Saturday, so I couldn't really watch that <laughs> no. replay, do you know what I mean? Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, look, TJ. You were saying low key enough in Limerick. Uh, you were in Warford last night, obviously. No, it was dark when you were going down, but I believe there's a lot of colour up. Is there? Huge amount of colour, a huge amount of bunting up. Yeah. Like, obviously, it's huge for Warford. Um, like, you definitely got, you've been talking to Dan Shanahan and Ken McGrath last night. Like, they're definitely cautious. They're very optimistic. They were extremely proud of what the team has done so far. They're excited and. I think they've kind of that's been building nicely all year for them, say from the league. They were getting a bit of optimism. Then it was a championship. They got a great win over Cork and it's rolled from there. I think a little bit like the parallels we spoke about Limerick in 2018, the steam was taken out a little bit in the Munster final, and now they've come with a real head of steam again. Huge for Wildford in their history. Like it's 61 years since they won the All Ireland. And like really in my lifetime, Waterford have always been talked about as a very good hurling county and it's hard to believe it's been 61 years. Like, they've only played in seven All-Ireland finals. They've won two, like, doing the history listed last night, they won two in 48 and 59. They were runners-up five times. So in their history, this is this, this again is a massive event. So in, in normal circumstances, most hurling people would love to see Waterford win in All-Ireland. But for me this time, obviously, um, we want Limerick to win it again. Uh, but Waterford, yet. Yeah, Cautious is how I kind of said it all last night. Yeah, 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 sure. I get that feeling as well. There's there's less hype. And obviously the year, if you're a Watford, you know, hurling person and sure they're fanatics, it couldn't have been nicer, Ken, in one way, like for them. We know the hype that got them completely in 2008. And then in, in 17, well, we could trust that Derek played that down a fair bit, but still... You had the notion of John Mullane riding down the quay in Waterford naked. Like all those little things are gone this year. So, see, that's that's a that's a big help to Liam and and Mikey Beavens to do getting about their job. It's exactly where Liam wants him, you know. And even you know thinking about last year with his twenty team um, uh, in Tip, all the hype was about Tip seniors winning. And he brought that tip 20 team in and won the All-Ireland. No fuss. Get on with the business. I know Mikey Beavens quite well. I hurled against him. Very smart, astute fella. You know, they're a brilliant team together. They're like the, you know, the terrible twins now because of the fact that, you know, they're on the one wavelength, you know. And from that perspective, no Liam Cattle, like this will not face Liam Cattle one bit. And if he brings that uh, into, the, into the water dressing room, uh, that, that 
attitude of who the hell, what do we care? We'll play off the cuff. We'll give this a lash. We're going at these guys. We have nothing to lose. And he's going to bring that in there, that bit of panache. Um, they are going to be really set up for that final in a big way, you know. And I think uh, this is going to be a really intriguing battle. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. Mark, there's no second week that you can't go without making the headlines. All-Ireland week, like, all I'm reading about early in the week is, like, uh, Kingston rings in the changes and stuff like that. So we'll give you two minutes there to... To vent your oh, views there, please. Unbelievable. <laughs> I, I didn't think of it that way, all right, of course. 22, uh, Mark. <laughs> but so, uh, yeah, it's amazing. But I suppose a lot of people are saying that he should have done it at the start of, start of the year, you know, that it's a year to, it's a year last. Because, as I said earlier on in the podcast, when we saw the team being announced against Waterford, everybody knew the game was up before the game was, before the ball was popped. Because a lot of those lads, and they've been good servants to Cork down through the years, but... It just needs to, I suppose we just need a change of direction, Anthony. And, um, but in fairness to him, he has done it and he was given a three year term. And I think part of his brief was that he wanted the three years to try and uh, rebuild a new Cork team and a new panel of players. So the positive thing for me is that there's 10 lads that were not named, but they are going to be involved with the senior setup uh, underneath the main panel of kind of 25 or 30 fellas. That, I suppose, is a very positive thing. I think the minor championship this year under under 20 will have a bearing on it as well. Um, I like what I saw with the minors. Um, they look very composed, I would say, Anthony against Clare. And I think whether they're too young or not, they probably are a bit away yet. But I think there's a lot of work being done with that minor team with Cusick in charge. Pat Ryan's team against Kerry were very poor. Uh, they have a big game against Limerick this weekend. Um, but I, I know like, that they haven't done a whole pile. So... I think what we're seeing is a new dawn, I suppose, in one respect, under Kieran Kingston. There's all sorts of changes in the back room. They haven't been announced. I'm just wondering the fact that the minor and the under-20 is going ahead. Is there somebody from the minor and the under-20 going to be coming in with Kieran's panel? So, I suppose, look, upwards and onwards, Anthony, we, we haven't um, we haven't come close to winning in an Ireland in, in, in 16 years. It's too long for Cork. But we've got to solve this issue ourselves. And the one thing I saw, and, and, and this was a lot of talk about the football and the money last weekend. Um, Dublin had 39,000 playing population. Cork had about 35 or 36 on the stats they shot. And the next best team down was about 16,000. So we have the numbers, Anthony, but we're just not getting it out of the players. And we have to get it together now. That's, that's the big thing going forward. <laughs> Yeah, and interestingly said, we want to ask you to elaborate now because we're not mentioning Cork anymore. But those two managers are Donald Cusack and Pat Ryan of those two teams. So if the speculation about the backroom thing is real, we could we could see one of those. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. That's enough about Cork. That's enough about Cork. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get, and enough about we'll, the Queen as well. Well, no, we let the Queen win tomorrow night. All right, we let Cork win that one. All right. uh, people out there that are looking to buy a couple of extra bottles of wine or the or the. A few bottles of beer for Sunday. They get their expenses tomorrow evening, lads. TJ, <laughs> it's been it's been a mad year. It's been a mad year. Like what? We had no choice, though. And great credit to the GA. And I suppose Kin is one of the frustrated ones. Didn't get his county final play, but Ryan is, and we, we might talk about that in a while. But overall, we, we got through it, and we're nearly through it now for the All Ireland. We didn't have an All Ireland club. We didn't have a Munster club. But we, you know. You got your trainer on Galway, a brilliant achievement. And but what have we learned, TJ? Like, is was like, I mean, we we have to take the positives out of the year as well. 
Um, so what would you say we've learned most or we can take from the year? I think the resilience shown, I suppose, look, first of all, it was patience early doors. Um, it didn't look good in May. We probably, everybody felt that there wouldn't be a championship. People waited. Um, I think everybody played by the rules, like whatever was required, like no people at the games, which was hard to believe at a GEA game. Um, like there was a couple of club games there that we played with Gary Spillane where there was 50 or 100 tickets. Nobody ever foresaw times like that or foreseen times like that. Um, then the players had no dressing room use. And then they're traveling to, to, to games and cars. But like whatever was asked of them, these guys were willing to do it. The guys wanted to play. They wanted to put on a performance Sunday and Sunday. And what I will say is, from what I'm hearing out, out there is, the championship in both hurling and football has taken people probably away from COVID literally for the last probably 10, 12 weeks and just brought them weekends of fun and stuff to talk about. And now we've got two All-Ireland finals to look forward to. So I would say it's been a brilliant distraction. We're going to try and turn the year. The vaccine talk is coming about. We're hoping that there will be an announcement in the championship between 2021 next year. Turn the corner and get on with it. So I would say great resilience shown by everybody, a massive distraction and just great entertainment and a great way of spending weekends. Yeah, no doubt. And I, I, we, I was locked down for the two weeks, being a close contact. And I'll tell you, just the two weekends of GAA, even though one of them was a football weekend, I'd say nearly exclusively, but just was magic. Like just to be able to look forward to it and get and get it and have it coming into the room, and you know, just, just, just fantastic to be. No, I'm privileged. I'm there on Sunday. You didn't get any old gig, did you? No, I, I suppose I resigned to the fact early doors that we wouldn't be going to these matches and it took me a while to get used to watching them on television. I would have been disappointed with some of the camera work and trying to figure out tactics early doors, but in Crow Park, it's definitely much better. I'd love to be there, but at the same time, I'm cognizant of the fact that parents of players can't be there. I think I read somewhere, I'm not sure if it's fully true, Brendan was saying it was still the case last night, was that the Kerry and Antrim teams who are playing before this, they're going to be asked to leave the ground, which is hard to fathom now. Like really asking those guys in the big ground to leave with the All-Ireland final and afterwards doesn't make any sort of sense to me. But then I get reminded regularly about other sides of life where there's weddings and funerals and people like the, the, there's other facts of life. We're probably engrossed in the GEA. We want what's best for a hurling match. Look, for me, I think the parents and the family should be there. I definitely think the Kerry and Antrim guys should be allowed to watch the All-Ireland final. But look, me, I, I suggest I, that, that, that's the way we would be and that's the way we look at it from quarantine from that round. And, and I suppose, Anthony, have, haven't uh, clubs as well been very adaptive in the whole thing of the whole season with the, the live streaming and what, you know, I think there's been a huge amount of promotion for hurling and football and bringing a game into people's front rooms and I, I, I think there's been a huge promotion but the fact that the matches uh, and the people can't go to the match on Sunday I think both in Limerick and Waterford, I, I think it's a huge family. And like we're at Christmas times at the moment now, and it's about family as well. I think there'll be a huge amount of families getting together this weekend, sitting down to watch their county playing in an All-Ireland final. And they may not have done it because of, the, of other things that might be happening, but because of the year of the pandemic, I think it has brought families together. I thought it has brought communities together. And I, and I think there's been a huge, the GA has been a huge contributor to uh, the, mental, the mental health and the well-being of an awful lot of people in the country this year. TJ, we know the Landers are getting together for Christmas, but uh, are you all over to Donies on Sunday? Like? No, we, we'll be doing it on our own house. There's a lot of rhymes there, so to pack us all into one place probably wouldn't be healthy. 
Um, so <laughs> you want to open the hall. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. So we're, we're, there's a few of us kind of doing our own thing. But I agree with Mark there. I think that there are different groups and different families doing their own thing. And I think the, what Mark said about the club, the one the good things that probably came out of it is we're probably going to have split seasons going forward where you have a block for the club and a block for the county. I'm not sure if that was going to happen anyway, Delo. There was definitely musings of it. But I think the enjoyment that everybody's seen and the general consensus was that the club block worked exceptionally well. So I know that we're expecting an announcement as to what's going to happen for next year. But I think that for me, for managers, for clubs, for people involved in the game, I think that that worked exceptionally well. So that was probably the real big learning curve. Yeah, and Ken, you were, look, just to touch on it, you were all set to play your county final with, with Ryan as an Offaly. And, and, and sure, look, I know the Offaly senior setup is just struggle. I suppose they did get caught out with the, the whole COVID thing themselves and missed that first round match, which, and down beat them. And I suppose it's frustrating for them. But the club scene, I know, is as vibrant as ever there. And so frustrating that you don't know yet that when you play, even though your feeling on club county going forward as well. I, I'd like to know where, where you see that. You know, you've been involved with a few clubs and then Yeah, the club county going forward for me, like uh, it was a great championship in Offaly again this year. Uh, there was at least six teams in Offaly that would hold their, you know, uh, uh, power with any any team. We played obviously the tip teams, the Galway teams, the Clare teams, anybody that obviously is near us uh, from a neighborhood point of view. Uh, the whole championship this year was outstanding. Even the least championship uh, obviously, I was with Boris and Austria before as well. And uh, Boris Kilcotton, they played county, I think it was uh, just a, a round game. And I streamed into that against Camros. What a game. Like, they, they really tore into it. The entertainment value for all the games, to think that you could sit down and watch a Clare Championship game or a Cork Championship game or a Limerick Championship game in, in, in your sitting room was fantastic. Um, huge disappointment in Offaly. You asked me the question. I'm sure the same in Leash, the same in Carlo. And isn't it funny? I just spoke to you beforehand, Delo. Like, isn't it funny how three, the three counties had they had very poor innings this year, you know, as regards performing at inter county level? And, um, the, like, obviously, I'm very close. My father refereed off the county finals. So we're just over the bridge here. We don't understand. And, you know, I, I know every club person in, involved. It's hugely frustrating. And, People are saying, I ah, put it back to 2021. It's happened with Cork football as well, Mark. But yeah. 2021, we don't know what's ahead of us in 2021. We don't know what the government allows allow us to play. Uh, you're asking young fellas to train, um, you know, once once the window came in, the 1st of December again. But we just don't know. We're in no man's land. And the, the man I feel really sorry for, and I mentioned it as well earlier on, Michael Dignan, like he came in to revitalise awfully, awfully hurling in football. He's done a wonderful job. But he's just hit a brick wall with this. And um, I just couldn't see it happening in Kilkenny or Tip or Cork that you're hurling the, 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 you know, the blue ribbon day of, 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 of your championship that wouldn't be played. And it's a huge disappointment. It's, I, I, for me as a, a manager, it's wanting. But for the Offaly hurling public, the players that are involved, that aspire and dream to play, that come home and, and make those sacrifices, it's hugely disappointing for them that there has been no county final played. Yeah, yeah, it's very difficult. And I often think even the North Curry football championship is famed, obviously, um, 
likes of Ty Kennelly came home from Aussie rules to play for Listowel Limits and, and, and there's often played on Stephen's day the final and, and, and uh, obviously this year that probably wouldn't be a runner but uh, it's, it's something like that I'd say lads players themselves would love it just to be they'd sacrifice their Christmas dinner and a glass of wine even to be going out the following day so it's funny you say that it's funny you say that Dalo because actually Kilcormack and ourselves um, we, we, we really wanted to play it we said we'll go over next Sunday We'll play it in Borough, Tullamore, wherever we've got to play it. We'll play this game um, because, because of the prestige involved and also uh, for everybody's uh, peace of mind. But uh, obviously with insurance difficulties and count, you know, uh, County Board and Crow Park, obviously that's not possible uh, under, under the situation. But we were quite prepared to play it. That's how frustrated uh, teams were. They were really wanted to go at this big time. And I'm sure it's the same in Leash and... Uh, and Carlo Kildare is the same as well. They were hit with that three-week uh, lockdown that we hadn't got. And that was unfortunate as well. But, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, county final is the Mecca. County final is the Mecca. That county medal is in your back pocket. We're speaking about Lee McCarthy's. Uh, you, you have county medals. I didn't get a county medal, but I lost one county final. And that's the greatest disappointment in my career. So from that perspective, to win with your own is, is, is unbelievable and to play with your own. And to be denied that opportunity in 2020 is a huge disappointment for everybody. Yeah, for sure. And if you want the ref to do that match, Ken, unofficially, I, I, I was a good ref when I was training teams. Like, there'd be no... To, I wouldn't be over fusty, like, you know, there'd be no problem if you want to get it on. Let's get, let's get ready to rumble. I let a roar off and I throw it in. <laughs> and you can have that. Uh, Mark, yeah. um, like... We, we 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 had to go back to the back door. We were maybe more fortunate than the football lads and we had a back door rather mm. than the round robin. The football was do or die, obviously. And we had right. look at massive success stories. But I suppose still the big team of all Dublin and probably the third or fourth biggest team, Mayo. maybe second biggest team in Mayo, have wound up in the final. But like we I loved the round robin. I had my reservations before it. But yeah. me, when, it, when I was at a couple of the games in Ennis, like with Tip came to Ennis and you know, Limerick came to Ennis the first year, the Bulls, the Limerick crowd coming in trains that morning, great cracks for TJ. Yeah. The Ennis publicans never got it as good. But Mark, would it be a shame to lose that format now that we had? Yeah, I, I suppose like everybody wants to see the intercounty player playing as often as possible. And I think the round robin has given that. Uh, and, and the players want to play and be seen as often as possible as well. So I think the round robin would continue. But I would also make this point that we probably wouldn't have seen the Kevins or the Tipperary winning their provincial football finals. This, and they have added to the championship as well the fact that it's a straight knockout. We also would have, we wouldn't have Waterford in the All Ireland final this year as well. Well, you might have. Well, in some respects, yeah. But I mean, in a straight knockout. They'd be gone, like, you know, because they were beating the numbers of final. But I, I think, Anthony, the, the round robin was a huge success. Very good. It was brilliant in Munster first year. It was brilliant in Leinster the second year because of the way it came down on the last, on the last weekend. So, I mean, if the fixture and the, and the weekends are allowable for it, I think, I think the GA will continue with it because, like, most of our stadiums, Barring Crow Park, about 40,000 is, is the capacity. There will be 1.5 million will be tuning into the All Ireland final on Sunday. I believe that the market is there to fill your stadiums for a round robin every weekend. I just think that the ticket prices need to be priced fairly for people because you will have 
a husband and wife and two kids will go. And I mean, that's that's where we all started out going to matches with our parents or friends and stuff like that. So once the ticket prices are kept to a reasonable amount of money and you cater for kids and you cater for a family situation, we need to just keep promoting the GAA. But for me, the round robin is here to stay. Uh, it's more promotion. It's the allowing your players play on a regular basis. And if you only look at the Premiership or you look at the rugby, like the Premiership, the 40 matches, and then you have your Champions League on top of that in the FA Cup. You have all your brilliant players. They're on the television morning, noon and night. And I think that that is where the GA is going and moving. And I mentioned this already this year, Friday night matches, Saturday night matches. I think that needs to be looked at as well because you're promoting the game because people will go out to see a match. They will go for a meal or go for a few drinks and stuff. If you're not one of the 40,000 people, there might be 100,000 people in the country who would say, look, we're going to go out for to watch the match on, on Friday night, Cock and Clare are playing in wherever in Tullas. And I, 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 I went to see Tip and Cork this year in the National League. It was played on a Saturday night in Parky Cueve under lights. There was a rugby match at four o'clock. There was five guys my own age. We went up to Clancy's in Cork. We had a couple of drinks. We strolled away down to the match. We came back with a couple of more drinks afterwards. It was just a brilliant evening for five or six chaps, building relationships, all in one go. And I think that is the side of the GA that, that we're trying to encapsulate as well, you know? You probably saw a couple of pensions there while you were at that as well, like seven, the last yeah. couple of second round of drinks. And like, you're a gas man. Like today is the tenth of December. It's the last day of the pension season, right? Okay, and you and you want to podcast today? Like, there's only one thing making money today, Taylor. Yes, you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> you, you chewed who are you? If you saw, if you saw the tax bill I paid just to you go away. <laughs> I, I didn't see you ringing me. I did I? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still with the man the man I was originally with. Uh, that's fair enough. Well, it's all about relationships there on this game. Well, we were grand while the bank were paying the tax for us. I know, I know, <laughs> yeah. I know. TJ, TJ um, the man who was bet the drum, and like what you said earlier, is after shocking me a bit about the Antrim and Kerry panels and probably Brendan only broke that to you last night now, but I also have a bit of a gripe. Obviously, we were we were to come out waving or to make yeah. an appearance and a big weekend planned in Dublin and, and uh, there's a certain hotel in Dublin. I can tell you, if they don't honour our deposit and just, we don't want it back, we just want it held over. I won't name you yet, lads, but if there isn't movement uh, by Monday, uh, it'll be name and shame uh, going taking our few grand offers and saying tough look and not in our hands at all. So uh, we'll see how that pans out anyway. I won't name anyone yet. Um, but we're missing out as well, I suppose. And I'm lucky to be there. I'm, I'm privileged. And, and I know JMZ will be there as well, obviously with Sky. And um, you're after frightening me there as well, Landers, with the 1.5 million. I bet, <laughs> I bet they have a good chance. I bet good, true, when this yeah, is over, I bet yeah. they go into the woods yeah. and try and get the last kilo or two off. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but TJ... The man that has bet the drum the most about the, the extended panels getting in has got his way, didn't he? John Kiley started that. And that's fantastic, isn't it, for the lads that have given everything? He's 100% right there. And, and like you would have been, he said, unforgivable. And he was right in what he was saying. Like, to have, to have fellas training with the panel all year, not to be active <coughs> it's very hard to understand. I, I also think that. I'm not 100% sure about this. Maybe Larry can confirm. I don't think we're going to have any Artane boys banned. I don't, no. think I don't think the president is going to be at the game. So it is going to miss that. Like We're going to miss that razzmatazz. But 
it was vital that there was, I think there was a case there for the parents and the close family of the players that could have been added as well. But then you read about this, Kerry and Antrim were playing there, they, they, they've got to go. She says, it's tough. But let's get back to the real thing. I'm sure the, re- the reality is the Limerick players and the Waterford players, it's still in the Ireland final. There's an Ireland medal up for grabs. I mean, they want to play. It's an empty stadium. Like at the start of the year, would either side have taken this and they'd have taken the hand and all off you? Definitely did. So, like, look, yeah. it is what it is. We were lucky, as we said, for the last. We can be given out with this, that, and the other. No point in whinging, no. Um, let's get on with it. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's the rules are the rules now. And, and you're right about the RTN band, TJ. Um, we have to be so politically correct now. Excuse obviously, me. Excuse you know. me. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, both. But, Mark- but they love fair play now for Kylie. And Liam Cahill also jumped in straight away, like, you know, and wherever, whoever the authorities that made that happen, whether that was John Horan or whether it was Michal Martin or, or whatever, fair play to them. And it's just probably a bit disappointing that maybe the, the parents or the close family, maybe a girlfriend or whatever, do you know what I mean? Wasn't there a wife? Wouldn't be able to attend as well. Like, I mean, an extra couple of hundred people. But look, fair play to, to the two lads for getting them in. And, um, you know, but it is, as, as, as TJ said, like, it's all over to the game now. Like, and, you know, today's Thursday now. Like, the team is going to be announced either tonight or tomorrow night. There'll be one or two fellas hoping they're going to get the nod. As we all, you know, when you're sitting there in the dressing room, the team is about to be announced and you're saying you've your eyes closed. Oh, Jesus, is my name going to be called out? We know 12 or 14 fellas, they're guaranteed to be, and they'll be fellas that are number 25 and number 26 in the panel entry. Like you look at Waterford, Shane Fives, I think, is fit to play. Somebody's going to lose out on the match day. Yeah. It's just, there's a couple of tough hours ahead of so few fellas. You know? Yeah, and I know I know that the, the, the famous Brian Cody thing about turning over the page in Nolan, in Nolan Park, and this is the team. and I suppose I'd like to think that, you know, I didn't get to do it for an All-Ireland final, but for big games, Leinster finals and semi-finals and that, uh, um, Munster championship matches, that I, I would have gone to a couple of fellas that didn't make it. And Ken, it's freaking, it's harder named the 26th than the 15, isn't it? Oh, without a doubt. Um, because that 26th player could be critical to this whole thing. Remember, we haven't seen extra time yet or penalties and uh, this game has to be Don't completed. mention penalties for this one, Ken, please. This has been this hasn't been completed on Sunday. And uh, when I think of penalties, I think of Anthony Nash. We wish him all the best as well. Mentioning Cork yeah. again. Uh, but uh, and 21s, but that 26, that is absolutely critical to, to, to the juncture. Um John Kiley, particularly, and I suppose Liam as well, like we've been hugely impressed with the impact subs coming in. You know, they have really uh, made a statement coming right through. And of course, the Peter uh, K- Casey conundrum is there for, for um, John Kylie as well. I still think also in the back of his head, he's thinking about Kyle Hayes. Like, will are we going to have to put up with Ty De Burke, you know, setting up the field, dominating the game as he did uh, throughout the Munster Championship? So all these permutations come into the fact of what substitutes do you use? Um, a couple of the Limerick subs that come in the last day that have made an impact, didn't make the impact that maybe he would have desired. Richie English is back in the frame as well, which releases, uh, you know, maybe Barry Nash to get out the fielder uh, and to move Kyle Hayes and things like that. So all those uh, permutations come into the fact of when you're picking your 26, who do I go with? You know, Pat Ryan usually wears the number 26. He has always made a, uh, you know, a big impact coming in, but 
the Waterford story, like <laughs> the speed of these young fellas coming in, Shane Fives and co, flying into the pitch. And Patrick Curran, who's a guy I always rated mine under you on, he's only getting snippets. Like he's getting about two, three, five minutes, you know, slaps a pint over, no real big deal. Mm. You know, early daily, the last day, shimmy, brilliant shimmy. If it was a goal on, he'd have taken a goal. He didn't need a goal. He just wanted to put a bit of space between the team, slapped it over the bar. So, Waterford, like we've all spoken about the talent in Waterford, but Liam is really bringing them all through now. They're getting that opportunity to impress. And exactly, like there'll be no sentiment in picking the 26. There'll be no fella, you know, from the local club coming in and saying, there you are, you're in the squad because, you know, I know you're yeah. typed. Um, because every player, like if you go into a situation that there'll be eight, nine players used with extra time, well, then you want your top players uh, there behind you ready to be called on if needed. Yeah, I, that's that's going to be massive. And and we, we already, from our time, I suppose, the model, young, younger people wouldn't even hardly remember there was only three subs. Yeah. Once they put the five subs is, is a, is a huge change. And, and that you can gamble a bit more, Mark, like, can't you? Yeah, and only, and only 21 in the panel as well, Anthony, you know? Yeah. But like, we, like the whole thing is continuing to improve and... You know, Anthony, we started out in a championship where you had one match, you had 21 players and you had three subs, you know, and, and there probably wasn't a whole pile of extra fellas training. You had your maybe 22, 23, whereas the extended panel is about 40 at this moment of time. So um, there, there has been great changes as well. And we must commend the GA that, you know, we are, it's ever evolving, it's improving all of the time. But I suppose there, there, is, um, there is big decisions to be made what are your starting 15? Who your first subs are coming on? Do you have a better, like, do you have a better 15 in the last quarter? Um, do we, who do we, the matchups, like, we know the one that's sticking out at the moment is Caleb Lyons and Garrod Hegarty. That's sticking out like a sore thumb at this moment in time. Um, you know, Keane Lynch, and all Ken has, has mentioned, Kyle Hayes, I think Keane Lynch will be centre forward. He'll do that job where taking Tyg the buck off the D. There's a big decision here for Liam Cahill. What's he going to do? And I think whoever plays midfield for Waterford, Jake Dillon got called ashore after the first quarter, the last day. You know, will Liam Cahill start him? Or could you start Neil Montgomery wing forward and put Kieran Bennett midfield and sit him back in front of in front of um I like Conor Gleeson for me is the one fella who, who has played in the defence was always a man marker against the best forwards on the opposition team and he actually hasn't been in the first two or three subs coming on so I don't know has he fallen down the pecking order Anthony in summer six but and I'm only going in his farm for maybe two or three years ago well, like the rumor, the rumor. I don't know the TJ here anymore that he was he's buzzing in training, and we, we've also heard the Richie English story that he, well, absolutely cleaned out everyone that came in and him. I think in, in a training match last weekend, but Conor Gleeson could be one. Maybe that could be slotted into men. Mark Keane, Keane was man of the match in the Munster final, you know, and 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 let Tyg express himself. And and I don't mean defensively even. I mean coming yeah, forward yeah. like he has but been. I I have um, I I suppose look. The two, the two cornerbacks, Ian Kenny and uh, Shane McNulty, I suppose, they're a young, I want to say young, right? They're inexperienced is, is the word. And Conor Prunty, a fullback, is inexperienced as well. He's captain. You know, he, he's, been, he's been good, but he's been a bit nervy as well. So I, I think if there's a weakness or a potential weakness, it could be in the fullback line. And I think early doors for Waterford, they can't afford 
to concede a goal early in this game. Um, they will need to shore it up. I think the Burka will sit back deep, which creates a problem for Liam Cahill that you can't afford to leave Keane Lynch, potentially Kyle Hayes, but I don't think the Kyle I think we, and we discussed that before the semi-final, Richie English probably won't start. They'll probably go with the same 15. And the question is, is a Peter Casey or Graham Mulcahy going to be Connor forward? That's the biggest question. And so we'll, if, if that happens, Keane Lynch is going to be centre forward. Waterford can't allow him a free roll. So, you know, like a lot of the waterfall forwards come out and then they play five across the middle of the field. But I think they will slot somebody back to Mark Keane Lynch and leave the tight debacle sit. That'd be the way I'm conning it at the moment. And, and whether that is going to be Conor Gleeson coming straight in for Jack Dillon or is it Neil Montgomery who has been excellent when he's come on. He came on for, for, for Jack Dillon the last day. Maybe Montgomery go wing, wing for... And Keane Bennett is a real... You know, you know when you give a fellow an instruction, he'll carry it out to the letter of the law. That's your Keon Bennett. He'll do exactly what they asked of him. He could be slatting back in there as well. So, Yeah, TJ, I got an interesting stat this morning there. Just a quick uh, text my WhatsApp message there from Mike Flynn, uh, who's a member of the Napiercic uh, Club, but a Clare man, obviously. Um, but he, he comes from that part of South East Clare, bordering Limerick City, which is affectionately known in Mid Clare, where I'm from, as the Golan Heights. Um, but he has chosen to wear the Limerick colours, Mike. Shout out to you there. <laughs> no, I think he, he played Forrestville for Clare and then he decided the Pierce was a better option for him. So. But he's manager of Partine at the moment, so, you know, <laughs> the crack does be great. But he just said to me, Do you know, he says, I'm getting a bit more confident coming into it, like, you know, um, and he, I suppose we're all kind of maybe a bit iffy over the weekend in that, but he said, in 300 minutes, including injury time, We've only been led for 10 minutes this year and nine of those were against Galway. Surely, TJ, it's a penalty kick. I wouldn't definitely say it's a penalty kick. Um, look at the stats. Uh, both teams have played four games. They're not. Limerick have scored three goals only. 111 points. They've conceded three goals. But before you go on, no, before you go on, TJ, like you've, on, an, on average, you have four games, you've won them by seven points. Dilla were two to five favourites with Penny Powers. I wouldn't put you off back in them. If you want to have a so it's a penalty kick. It is a penalty yeah, kick. If you want to have the fiver on to win the two, I won't stop you. Um, you have, I think, what did JP say? He was oh, I think, I think, earlier. If you have the five, you don't need the two. You don't need the two, yeah. Um, <laughs> if, I, th- I, I think Limerick will win the game, but I was very impressed with Waterford, as I've already said, in the second half the last day. The, the actual stats are tight. Waterford have scored twice as many goals as Limerick. I do think it'll come down to goals. I think it'll be a huge factor. They've also conceded twice as many goals as Limerick. To go back to the two 15s, I don't think there's going to be much of a change either on the first 15 on either side. And I don't think there's going to be much of a tactical change from either man either. I think both of them will stick to the tried and trusted. I think they'll go what they know. And I think they'll try and force their plan on the opposition. <clears throat> Limerick, to me, have one decision to make. Do they go with Fennigan or do they go with Peter Casey? Keane Lynch will be sent forward. Will that pose a problem for Kellen Lines? Is it Keane Lynch now or is it Hegarty? Does Tidy Burka sit in the pocket? Does he step up and mark Keane Lynch? That's probably the couple of questions tactically that Michael Beavins has. The only thing that I would say looking at the game, I think something that's... Yeah? DJ, before, do you think Graham Mulcahy's a certainty to start? So? Ah, he's loads of credit in the Mike Mackey's certainty, yeah. He scored four right. points in playing him once the final. For me, I would be shocked if he didn't start. Right, okay. And so you think it's you think it's a straight Casey Flanagan call, like I think so. I, I can't see anything else. Like the the Graham was taken off the last day. Casey and Casey was excellent then when he came on. Casey was excellent when he came on, and that, 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 that can happen on any given day. But 
the wake always set up, they kind of sh- shut down the full forward line and Limerick went through the half forward and they got scores. In the Munster final, right, like one of the things I was going to say is Tom Morrissey was taken off after 53 minutes in the Munster final. Jack Fagan was taken off after 47 minutes in the Munster final. And both of them were probably men of the match kind of characters in both semi-finals. That'll give you what happened in the Munster final with both half-forward lines nearly marking each other. So that's what you're looking. That's what's going to happen here. On on again, what I was going that's, to what say you, is, that's what you nearly want, TJ. Like, that's what you nearly want, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. want him. And I said, from a Limerick point of view, no, totally. Yeah, from, I'm, I'm, I'm saying Hagerty. I know. No, in fairness, in the Munster final as well, TJ. Callum Lyons held Hago to two second half points. He did. Yeah. He did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, to, to to watch the Munster final again, it was it was it was very tight, and Waterford had a good chance of a goal there. I always felt in the Munster final, Limerick would win the game, but the like Waterford came back into it hugely in in in, in straight after half time. Third two quarter. Th- third quarter. The two things I was going to say, uh, Delo, is quarter two has been Limerick's best quarter in all four games for scoring, right? Quarter three, which is straight after half time in all four games, has been Waterford's best quarter. So that's just an interesting stat. But the stat I was going to come to, I think, which the game will come down to on Sunday, which is what we wouldn't normally talk about from a hurling point of view, is the puck outs for and the puck outs against from both sides, I think is huge. I think if Waterford can get a grip on that Limerick puck out, do they give it up to Barry Nash and Kyle Hayes that size, like literally like they did in the Munster final? If they don't and they push up, are they leaving themselves a little bit exposed? And then on your own puck out, we all know Limerick's puck out has been effective. The guys are good to move into space. They work it fairly well. It didn't work for Galway. It worked kind of for maybe the opening 10, 15 minutes. So for me, I think the most work, I think, from both sides this week would probably have gone into both the yeah, puck out for and the puck out against. Yeah, I watch, I watch back... Uh, I got home from Dublin late enough last night so, and I've still to do my video analysis. I know I have it picked out but there's still to get the timings and stuff. That's part of the week's work for this week. It's not just turning up in front of the crowd there on Sunday, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just a pretty face. Like. Yeah, we just want to say that. Like, yeah. Okay, good man. No, come here. Um, no, what I did was I just watched the high behind camera um, of the last quarter of the Munster final, I think Stephen O'Keefe hit nine puck outs and like Limerick clean caught six of them. Clean yeah. caught between Hayes, Burns and Hannon and Keen Lynch caught one and uh, Will who caught one. I think Burns yeah. got two. But six, yeah. six clean catches. I mean, that can't happen on Sunday. Like. I, I done a piece for the examiner actually for, uh, this weekend uh, about Stephen O'Keefe actually and one of the things I've mentioned is that his percentage of, of puck outs that were lost in the Munster final were, were very much against him. And as he just pointed it out already, it's going to be a big factor on Sunday, the accuracy of the puck outs. It's a key, key stat because you're probably going to get 40 puck And look, Ken is more qualified than me to talk, but you're, you're going to get 40 puck outs. You have to be winning somewhere around 65% of those puck outs to be in the mix. And... Um, like, hey, Ken, Ken is only more qualified than you because because um, Brian is his son. He used to just langer it down the field like they're putting him. And that's Birds true with everybody as well. <laughs> but Matt, Matt, it's actually going to be like 40 puck outs far and 40 puck outs against. So it's a massive right. factor in the game. Uh, it's, it's a huge factor. Like the goalkeeper actually is probably going to handle more ball than any other player. And... I I I I'd be always slagging the goalkeepers because like there's nobody marking them like there's no pressure on them like and I mean I, and, and they are promoting themselves then as well like anytime they're on television. 
Yeah, but Nicky, Nicky Quaid, uh, he's 30 years of age now, lads. You know, he's a top-notch player. Um, he has, uh, from his point of view, he actually was given the liberty by Paul Kinnerk, I believe, not John Kiley, to, to actually fluff a few puck outs in National League games. If it happened, it happened, which did actually happen, where uh, a few of the puck outs were intercepted and put in the back of the net. But they were looking at the bigger picture, and that was their All-Ireland year in 2018. Now, Nicky Quaid has had a fantastic year, you know, and probably a shoe in for an All-Star. But in my opinion, um, his puck outs are really measured. He knows exactly what he's doing. And Mark, you made a great point there because that's what I always say to my goalkeepers. You have a free puck out. You have the free puck. So from that perspective, I think Nicky Quaid has the ace in the pack in that situation. He doesn't hit the ball until the forward makes the run. Um, Stephen O'Keefe, you mentioned Stephen O'Keefe the last day. Stephen O'Keefe, that last 10 minutes, there was a rush of blood to the head, Delo. Um, I think Dermot Burns actually caught three of those um, puck outs, huge puck outs. It actually finished the game. Now, what we've got to remember in this game is that, and TJ, I'd say it acknowledged it as well, Limerick have had blips against Tip, and Tip working good um, that day. But particularly against Waterford and Galway in, in both semi and in, in quarterfinals and semifinals, there was they tightened up a small bit for some strange reason. There was a blip in their game, and Limer, Waterford have got to take advantage of that situation. So from that perspective, Stephen O'Keefe delivering the, the ball. I mean, the, Dermot Burns has this capacity of having so much room on the ball. He plays like you know an auxiliary quarterback, really. He's flying up the pitch. He's scoring from play. He's the highest score halfback from play in the championship. He's an, actual, an exceptional free taker. But to be given that free role with Waterford's pace and power and speed, somebody has got to sit down this week in Waterford and say, how are we going to expose this situation? Declan Hannon, who sits back in the centre, you know, a beautiful hurler, great reader of the game. But Waterford, with their fitness levels their, and their pace, are going to have to expose that half-back line, the running game. And that's why Neil Montgomery and these guys are going to be considered. You mentioned Jake Dillon. If you were a conservative, you know, conservative you'd say Jake Starks. Of course, he's a great war horse. He's done a great job. But TJ, you mentioned that you know both teams will probably start the same or near enough to the same. But Waterford will have to pull a rabbit out of the hat. Something, and, and Cahill and Beavens are, are, are the two guys that are capable of doing that. And Ken, just on that, could you, like, as we see the lineup at the minute, right, and going on what we've they've lined up so far, you would have a matchup of Jack Fagan on Kyle Hayes, um, Kieran Bennett's centre forward on, on Declan Hannon. I could see that being left, although I, I get your point, Mark, in fairness, he would do a job for outside as well. Uh, and Stephen Bennett then on Burns, like, could you see maybe that they might swap the wing forwards? That everyone is expecting this Fagan and Kyle Hayes, a massive aerial battle as well. Because like, I think Burns has thrived by Hayes going back, wing back. You know, a lot of goalies are saying, Jeez, I'm not pucking it down on Kyle Hayes either. Like, so Burns has got actually more puck outs this year than he normally would. Could you see maybe a change there that Fagan would go to war with? And maybe they might say that Kyle Hayes is mad to attack. So let's let Stephen Bennett over on him. And even if Hayes goes up the field with a bit of ball, Stephen might get that bit more space in that Kyle might be as used to marking tightly as a wing-back. Yeah, I think the semi-final for Water was a huge landmark. One, they played Kilkenny, 
Uh, their nemesis, their local rivals, uh, usually at the wrong end of the results always. Huge win. That's number one. The second thing is we had the, and like you watch social media as much as I do, and there was a, an inkling there in the, with the Waterford public uh, that Jack Fagan, oh, he's a meat man. Yeah, he shouldn't be playing in the Waterford team. But two, two big things happened in that semi-final. Jack Fagan came alive. He found his need, you know, he found uh, to be at home in Crow Park. He just soared to the stars. He got involved in the game. He's, he's a hard man as well. He takes punishment. And then Stephen Bennett came absolutely alive. We're watching this guy since he was under 16. Um, he absolutely just came alive in Crow Park. Now the shackles are off with him. Let him off. Let him go. Um, Kyle Hayes is a traditional, uh, you know, halfback, centre forward. Not a really tight marking man. And it's, it is a pint of Medjelo that Stephen Bennett will get room off Kyle Hayes. Aerial ability, obviously, uh, for Stephen, he's going to have to concede five or six inches against Kyle. But from the point of view of taking him from a run around Crow Park, there's a huge opportunity there. Um, the Connor Prunty situation, lads, the last day, Mikey Beavens, I'd say he's was, was coaching for the last two weeks because you don't go up with your right hand when it should be your left to catch a ball and it flies through and, and, and someone goes in behind you. That's where I think, as, as, as TJ says, I think Galan will play full forward. I think um, the goal threat is with Galan. The goal threat is not so much with Seamus Flanagan. Um, Seamus Flanagan has done great work coming in as an impact. And I think Galeana is going to be playing around the square because uh, the two goals that Waterford coughed off, Liam Cattle won't be happy about that the last day. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of things to take in here, lads, in this game. But I think it's going to be a really uh, lively match where backlines could be exposed. I think backlines could be exposed because of the fact of, of the pace and power of both attacks. You know, surely, surely there's a possibility of Ozzy, Ozzy being in that half-hour later. He's a massive puck out target. Like, would he not be planted at 11 for a period of the game? Would it not be more, TJ, maybe that them, Ozzy, um, the, the jury's out about Ozzy full, you know, edge of the square Ozzy in the Munster final for long. Gee, watching that high behind, as I said last night, and it was probably only the last 18, 20 minutes with the extra time and that, like, and Ozzy was gone off. But I mean, he was standing on the edge of the square and you were saying, Jenny, we're not getting him into the game either. Yeah. But like, I, I was wondering, would they, would they also maybe, we mentioned Fagan and, and Ken is right. I mean, this guy, Absolutely. John Milena told me about him before with Delisle that he saw huge potential in him. But might they, now Dan Morrissey's had an outstanding season. I'm only speculating on what might happen. Could Fagan line out like at the edge of the square and let's pump up a few long ones early on and let's really test Dan Morrissey? Because we do suspect that Sean Finn will take up uh, Desi Hutchinson. Yeah, I think so, Dale. I, I, I'd be surprised if we don't see Azzy early doors at 10, 11, 12. I see him progressively improving over the last number of games. His work rate, we, we spoke about, he gave every ounce in the semi-final. I think they'll want him in the game early doors. I think they'll want a puck all too. And sure, there's no matter man in the air than Ozzy, even against the likes of Derek Burns, Declan and Kyle Hayes. Like, he can feel it with the best of them. I think we will see him there. What was equally as impressive as the catching of the ball the last day was the runners coming through. Like, every time Jack Fagan, the two goals, right? Catching the ball is brilliant, right? But like it's easy swarm I fell out there's no supporter. The runners off the shoulder, unbelievable both times. Like since for the second goal, like the run that Dara Lines made, incredible, then in the zone back out again. 
The confidence is up. Desi flicking the ball over Sean Finn in the Munster final. Stephen Bennett flicking the ball over one of the Kenny lads the last day. These boys are playing at the top of their game now. So I do think we could see something a little bit different. And I'm thinking, are we going to see Ozzy at 11? Okay. Be an interesting one for Declan then and, and also for Limerick then with, with Will O'Donoghue maybe or Dara sitting in the pocket there to cut off that ball. Like, you know, so many imponderables. Like, uh, one of the one, things, Mark, you might yeah. get it now as a cock man, but you're beginning to get it now <laughs> after 15 years, right? You know, me and TJ get this, right? But losing the Munster final, one time that would, even if you're the back door, to take you an awful time to recover because the worst of it probably would be during four weeks. Maybe, maybe two, three weeks anyway, you know, and yeah. it would fester like. But the very fact that they got out six days later, right? They came out, they expressed themselves below on that pitch in, in Parky Keeve against Clare, yeah. underground, you know, on, on, surf, the ground surface, yeah. perfect for their speed. Yeah. And, yeah. and then they come out, and as Ken said, it's another week later, they beat Kilkenny after be nine points down. Like, we don't see that now. We know Kilkenny are not the Kilkenny of old. But I would say, now, I also believe Limerick are better than they looked in the Munster final, but I would say that possibly they might be 15% a better team now, Waterford, because mm. confidence. You know, mm. TJ mentioned out those runs, and I know Liam and, and Mikey have done a massive job, and we give them all that credit, but kind of reminded me of the 17 semi-final against Cork down the stretch, yeah. where, where they, yeah. you know, they ran, you know, the Jamie Barron goal, the Gleeson yeah. run, you know that. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's confidence is an awful lot of this lads like you know and somehow in 17 they tightened up for the final like I mean Galway yeah. didn't play overly well in 17 the final they would acknowledge no. that but Waterford didn't express themselves no no they didn't and, and the funny thing Dero is with 15 minutes to go in that all Ireland final against Galway Waterford hit the front by a pint Kevin Moore came up the field with a handy tap over pint and it went wide and it was like you drained the whole life out of the team and I wouldn't be laying it on Kevin Moore now, to be fair, right? Because he's been an absolute stalwart for Waterford. But it was kind of a sense of, like, we didn't believe that we could actually get there. And they actually just fell away for the last 15 minutes after that point was missed. But what we saw against Kilkenny, and I think Stephen Bennett's goal after halftime, changed the game in their direction. They went four or five points up, and then Kilkenny was slowly whittling it down. But the Daryl Lyons goal was the goal that actually put the nail in the coffin. It pushed them back out to five points and it said, okay, lads, come and get us now and try and beat us if you can. And Waterford kept going at him and going at him and going at him. And that, for me, was the big thing. Beating Kilkenny was huge, but it was the manner in which they beat him. 2.17 in the second half, 2.16 from play. If you got that over 70 minutes, you'd be thrilled. They got it over 35 minutes having played a half already. So it wasn't in the first half when the tank was full. So the tank had, had been emptied slightly after the performance in, in the first half. But like, I suppose, Anthony, you know, the management have got to take great credit here. Liam Cahill, minor All-Ireland winning manager, under 21, under 20. They beat Cork, a star-studded Cork team. They were two points down, turning against the Hurricane. And they beat him. Liam Cahill and Bevins and, and the backroom staff, the Stephen Malumpies and, and, and Frampton and all the, the tip lads and the strength and conditioning and all that stuff, right? They have done a massive job. I think TJ made a point about, and he made it all the year about Ozzy getting better and better and better. Like, he needs 70 minutes 
at the top level on Sunday now for Waterford to win. It's the there, Mark. It's there. Oh, it is. It is. I agree with you. And and you, you've made the point as well that, you know, there has been no real, like, the former stars, the Ken McGraths, Dan Shanahan's, the Bricks, um, you know, there's been no real talk out of them. Uh, you know, they're not on the televisions, the radios and all and the papers and stuff like that. It is really low-key, which I think is massive for Waterford. I think it's just, it's coming together nicely for them. And the whole fact that the pandemic this year, no tickets, no photographers down at, at training and signing 5,000 uh, autographs that we saw back, way back. Um, I think it's coming nicely for them, Anthony. And um, I think what you said about confidence, Dale, is key. I think for me, always... Yeah, me and, you, me and you would get that feeling now, wouldn't we? Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, yeah. we, like for me, the next step in the ladder after confidence is winning. Like, I, I think once you're really, really confident, and these guys, like there's a quote there from John Wooden, the basketball coach, which last of those coaches follow, what success is the peace of mind, which is a direct result of self-satisfaction and knowing you did the best you could to become the best you're capable of. And I think that's coming from the training ground. These boys are working their socks off. You can see it. But what I will say, and I said this last night, is we're crediting both these teams with massive manic work rate, energy and effort, right? Just four or five guys in both these teams, right, that are off the charts. Like, for me, Ty DeBork is as good a centre-back you, you, you'll meet, right? Jamie Barron in the middle of the field. What Stephen Bennett is doing at the moment, Ozzy has it in the locker. Desi Hutchinson is a is a top drawer inside forward. And then you go to Limerick and you talk about, let's say, Kyle Hayes or Keane Lynch or Aaron Galland, Tom Morris, if you want to take Like, sometimes we lose the quality that is on show with these two teams. And... Waterford also, like their minor record and under 20 record with a lot of these guys is there, or under 21. Like they won all Ireland. Like, so that's there as well. That sometimes get lost in translation, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. And that's one of the things, like probably early on in the year, I'd been fencing Cork to beat them, but none of the Cork players are the Ireland medals, really. Whereas these Waterford fellas have, like, and, and they believe in that. But on the improvement thinking, and it hasn't been gradual. It has been a steep improvement, like 12 points from play in the Munster final, 221 from play against Kilkenny. Now, we're not saying Kilkenny are as good as Limerick at the moment, and they're not as tactically, I think, as good as them and, and, and have that strength and speed and condition as Kilkenny. And I never thought I'd get to say that, but I, I honestly can. But there's no doubt the confidence levels and, the, and, the, and the, I think the level of freedom which they're hurling in now will... The question mark is, do they tighten up a little bit because it is 70 minutes from the Liam McCarthy coming back since 59. I know it's an easier build-up. Mark has alluded to that there. Like, but it's still, it's still there. For these few days now, if you're Aussie, if you're Tig, yeah. if you're all the fellas TJ mentioned, as, as absolute monstrous stars, I think they're brilliant players. But the tighten-up factor can come into play. Because I was asked about it last night. Like, What was it like to make a breakthrough? I said, sure, we, we didn't give a shite gun up in 95 to the final. It was the Munster second final. We couldn't win. Do you know, whereas for Limerick, it was all, it was about the All-Ireland because they'd won Munsters. But, and now for Waterford, it, it is all about the All-Ireland. Whereas from the Clare point of view, a breakthrough that time, that was the Munster. We were free men going up for that final. And even though we were meeting the champions, we'd no hang-ups. Do you know, so I think it is, it is just about handling this whole thing now for a few days. Yeah, and I think it's it's coming uh, ticking fast. I think, you know, someone tweeted there, you know, Liam Cahill after the semi-final, Liam, Liam Cahill, the Messiah, you know, of Waterford Hurling. And, um, you know, I said to myself, like this, 
this won't satisfy Liam Cahill like getting to a final. Um, I'd say he's going to be really impressing on the players. Getting to All-Ireland finals or being, being the bridesmaids, you know, all the time. That's not worth a shit to anybody because uh, both we've worked so hard to get this far. There's only one way you prove yourself and that's, you know, to have that Celtic cross in your back pocket. And he's going to be emphasising, lads, we're going up here. We have got to, you know, produce the goods. There's no point in being beaten by two or three pints and everybody's saying, God, you were great. You had a fantastic year. Liam Cahill won't uh, accept that. He won't accept it as a manager and he won't accept it from his players. And, you know, we mentioned Austin Gleeson and we mentioned the scoring returns. And I have to, you know, you have to acknowledge that Kilkenny, brilliant to win an Inster final. What a team, like, just their, so, their total perseverance, their belief in each other to get over the line to actually shell-shock Galway. But for most of that game, Galway had the game, were in control and let it slip. Now, Kilkenny are not the team they were. We have got to acknowledge that. And, and they're a coming team. As Corey has said, he doesn't do transitions. They are a coming team. But Watford had the legs on him. They blew him away for a finish. They were way the better team, even after conceding an eight or nine point lead. Now, um, Ozzy Gleeson in the Munster final, he got two balls. One he poked over the bar. He was coming through at centre forward. Now, that's a couple of months ago. But um, he was replaced in that game by, by Cahill. And I'd say it's simply because of the fact he got a bollocking off of off Liam at halftime. Uh, you remember it, it's actually shown on screen where he, he got a ball and on his shoulder flying through. Uh, Callum Lyons was one of the guys flying through at one stage. And it, there was a goal on situation, two versus one, and he tapped it over the bear. And you could see, I know Liam's instinct was saying, for God's sake, we coughed up a goal opportunity here. And you know, Ozzy's going to set it up wherever he's going to set up, whether it's centre forward, centre fielder, foot forward. But he's now a team player. And, you know, he, he awoke in the semi-final as well. He now know he now smells success. And TJ alluded to the Tig and the Kevin Morans and Co. They are smelling success now. It'll be a huge disappointment for them if they have a drum produce the goods on Sunday. Because they want to, you know, annex an All-Ireland title. So I just, I just, I, I just feel that that Watford uh, have the bit between the teeth. If Limerick have the blip they had in the Munster final and 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 semi final, which we have to acknowledge they had, and if Gerald Hegarty is hell, lads, Gerald Hegarty is a go-to player, whether we like it or not. Now, Gerald Hegarty, even though there was a lot of players there, but Galan has been patchy, Graham has been patchy, um, Tom Morrissey is the other one, of course, that has played very well. But if they don't produce the goods. Um, and if Garrod Hegarty doesn't get into the game and gets frustrated and remember we have to acknowledge too Garrod is living on the edge a bit as well you know a couple of, in a couple of games uh, God forbid and I don't think with Fergal Horgan I think he's a sensible referee God forbid I don't think there'll be two yellows or reds or anything like that but I just think that if Waterford see the liner and if, 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 if Limerick have that uh, blip we have alluded to well then there's a huge chance for a data victory you know I am um... For the first time in my life, I've you quoted actually... John Wooden there, TJ. I'm... And I, I'd be a good John Wooden fan, but I still don't the old Donny Ryan. Donny uh, Ryan, Donny Ryan. Okay. <laughs> um, for, for the first time in my life, I've got an article in the paper tomorrow. And one of the things I'm saying is for a long time, up to 2018, Limerick, we were like a dog chasing a car. Like, we, we just, where our tongue was out, we were flat. And basically, the key, I suppose, instrument of 2018 was when we cut the car, we knew what to do. I think now that Watford, 
They've been hunting and chasing. I think they've caught up with the car. We won't know what they're going to do now until after this game, basically on Sunday. Uh, but I'm going to refer to my article. My English teachers, I'm hoping, will be like, I probably wouldn't have been the best of students. So I'm hoping that maybe I'll do some bit of, there may be some bit of pride in it from tomorrow when they read I had Larry Joy and Ivan McCaffrey there in my later years of school. They will tell you I wouldn't have been the best of students. So you'll have to read It's in the paper tomorrow. You'll have to read it. Where'd you do the secondary, uh, TJ? In hospital, was in it? In hospital, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I, I played hockey there for one year as well, which we had no success. And then in my final year, we got beat by the Abbey in, in the B finals. One of the real downers of my lifetime. But yeah, uh, writing wouldn't have been, or maybe studying wouldn't have been one of my uh, core strengths, but maybe I'm going to uh, try and see. Will you, put a few, you, put a few, you put a few lads in hospital too? That streaker, <laughs> that streaker, that streaker, he's arse, he's arse recovered from the belt he got, but mentally he was scared forever, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah. After that. <laughs> yeah. This was his hour, this was his moment of glory. Yeah. And the fullback came out and wore the hurley across his ass. Like, Jesus, like, it was a low blow. I think, I think it got rid of a lot of the streakers actually out of the ground. We were going, we were going well at the time. I just didn't, we didn't need to see him. But, uh, I think, I think, I think that, um, I think what Waterford do on Sunday is going to have a massive influence as to what the future holds for them. I think, as I said to you, I do think that Liam and Michael Beavis, they've, they've, they've caught up. No, what are they going to do now? It, it, it's just, it, it feels like, as such the parallels between Limerick 2018 are huge. They say dogs, dogs that chase cars, they say, and, and pros that put for pairs don't last very long. <laughs> okay. so <I'll> tell you. <laughs> it's, it's a fair one. Fergie Tui quotes that to me when I'm putting for a seven. Oh. Pair four. <laughs> the, the one thing I suppose is the, um, the ground conditions and the pitch. So, like, the Munster final was played in Turles. The All-Ireland final is going to be played in Crow Park. There are two different sides. And I think that actually is a slight advantage to Waterford. And you mentioned earlier on about coming back six days later after playing in the Munster final against Limerick, that they were able to fly and score uh, 327 against Clare down in Park and Creve. Now, I know they, they, they conceded three goals as well the same day, but they, they, were, they were buzzing in the first 10 minutes and Clare came back and led them. And then... They picked up the bit again and drove on in the second half. But I think the pitch has a big bearing. I think that actually suits Waterford. I'm not trying to talk them up. I do think they actually are better on a better ground. I think the ball moves faster for them and the style of play that they have. Like Limerick will hold possession and they're physical, they're strong. They won't just lash the ball away. They play it in around in triangles, 20 metre shots. And that's because they're, they're, they're half back and will come back to field and they always seem to have a loose man. And, and it, I suppose the shooter then is, is more than likely Dermot Burns into a Galan or a Kyle Hayes or a Declan Hannon. They're shooters. They're like quarterbacks in some respects. But I, I think the surface could have a bearing on the match on Sunday. And I think it is a... It's a Dale, Dale, most I think, I think before just on that, uh, I think, Mark, I'd agree with you on every other team in Ireland. I, uh, but I think Limerick, I, there's no lack of... Pay. I think the two fastest players on the Limerick panel, correct me if I'm wrong, TJ are playing in the left side of the Limerick defence in Barry Nash and Kyle Hayes. Is, yeah. Two fastest men in the field. Like, mm, you know, mm, so mm. I, I think against Limerick, size, yeah, they do. Their game plan doesn't vary that much, really, but it, they're oh. so good at it. Like, I, just, I just think Limerick, they have, no, they have no bad memories at Crow Park, save for last year in a first yeah. half against Kikini. They have a lot of good memories up there. And, and, yeah. and that's why you think Jack Fagan will actually pick up Kyle Hayes. I actually think, if I'm Liam Cahill, I'd love to land Kyle Hayes back in his hole early, I can tell you. 
And and I and I Larry, could that be left in? I I would be I'd be prepared to take a yellow for that. now, I can tell you that. This is Mac. I'd say you'd want the back actor of a JCB to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd be inclined to agree. I think okay. Jack. I Jack. Is a tough member, I tell you. You take it, it might be the wrong move to go trying to put this fella back in his ass. Well, you know, hammer the hammer, as Tomas O'Shea will kind of phrase, but I, I tell Jack Fagan, I think that could be a job early doors and that could set the tone, Dela. Yeah, I will say, Mac, I do agree. I think the middle tour, I think it'll be cruel early here, Dela. Like the, the Munster final was only actually 14 points to 12 from play, Limerick 14, Waterford 12, uh, the rest from freeze. So that middle third, and I know some people don't like it to be referred to as a middle third, I, I, I'd say the physicality in there would be huge. And, and Ken touched on the referee there just for a minute, Fergal Horgan. I think his role, it'll be tough, it'll be difficult. I think he's the best equipped right now to go and have a go at these. He'd be very familiar with both sides. Are you but, going to mention the elephant in the room? Like, um, No, I'm not. I'm, I, I, I'm happy with Fergal. I think that he's been good to Limerick recently. He wasn't good Just to, to clarify, like, Fergal did play with Mikey and Liam in a Tip 21 team, I think. Yeah. We've had Fergal in, in the studio down in Card. No, no better man. I'm delighted he got the game. I think he, yeah. he's the best yeah. out there. Yeah. The thing is, I remember when, I, when we were trying to get promotion down in NSL against Clare, John Cannon took about 14 or 15 steps in Fergal Hoggart. I was managing, right? So that, what I would say if Fergal is listening... I thought you were marking him for a minute, so I was going to no. say if John Conlon took 14 steps, that put you about four yards. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, I don't think I'll say it's Fergal if he's listening, he owes us one. So just he's, he's, we're, we're minus one starting off. If he gives us that one, I'd be happy enough with it. But no, yeah, hopefully I'm happy. he doesn't listen to any of this stuff this week. <laughs> I'm happy with Fergal. I think he's, 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 he's been one of the better refs in Ferris round. But I think it'll be tough. It's, it'll be brutal here. What we don't want to see... We don't want to see Hendy Yellows earlier, so because I think the physicality battle here will be will be something for the balls. Fergal Hogan won't give out Hendy Yellows, to be fair to you. And like there was a documentary done on referees a number of years ago, and I'd said it was the All Ireland final. Actually, Dan Shannon was playing in it. I couldn't get over the amount of talk that he had with the players, which is fantastic because players are on the edge. They're 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 on the edge, like they're they're like a, a wound up spring. And I thought Fergal Hogan was outstanding to chat in there. Dan, get off the field, Dan, get off the field, yeah, Dan. Yeah. You know? I always felt that once you get him talking, it's a good sign anyway. But can, can we always love the rest that would talk to us and give us a bit of an explanation <laughs> on things, didn't we? Yeah, of course. And Fergal, Fergal won't shirk responsibilities. And I'm laughing there about him, him playing with Liam and Mikey. Like, Brian Lohan looked after Davey for long enough as well. And that, <laughs> that, that, has, all, that has all changed as well. So... From, from our perspective, like, I think Fergal Horgan was under a bit of pressure from the point of view. I think it's no secret the fact that he was letting the play run in a big way. And the authorities that be were saying, you're not handing out enough yellows, you're not giving enough frees. And he has been stricter in the last 12 months in the way his referee games because he's a brilliant referee. Uh, and temporary, you know, every club loves to see Fergal coming on the page because you know you're going to have one hell of a game. There will be no fussing or... Uh, pointing fingers at people. He does talk to the players. He has played the game himself. I just hope that he's not under pressure uh, to issue those early yellows because if he does, it does fancy the game in a situation. Obviously, if it's merited, fair enough. A couple of players have come under the, the you know, under the microscope, you know, in the last couple of games about, you know, late tackles and things like that. And of course, it has been pointed out in a big way, the professional foul coming in and all the different things that have happened in games. Uh, goals, that's, you know, again, we mentioned the goalkeeping perspective and the puck outs, but from, from, from the goalkeeping point of view, concession of goals is a disaster for any team. 
And if someone mentioned if Waterford have to win, they need to score at least three goals. They won't get three goals against that Limerick back line, in my opinion. Uh, to be a huge bonus to get two. The big thing is, will they start Gillan at full forward? If Gillan is at full forward, I think uh, TJ Waterford have, or Limerick have a big goal threat. If Seamus Flanagan starts, I think the goal threat is negated to, a, uh, to an extent. And Limerick have been placking the pints over big time, but I think they need a goal at least or two uh, to win this game on Sunday. And I think overall, the referee won't have a huge bearing in the game. I think he will let it flow, but I can tell you in the middle toward that field, there will be some hits, there will be some tackles. And as we well know, it could be a shoulder injury like Joe Canning the last day. It definitely had an influence in the game. Uh, it could be a shoulder injury or a pulled hamstring or something like that. And then you have one of your top players out on either side. So from everybody's perspective, I think we're going to see a free-flowing game. But the first 10 minutes is going to be tough. Yeah, and as you said, like uh, the, the Cahal Mannion one, I suppose, being the bigger one in the, in the, in the sense that he was gone so early and hurling so well. I, I'd have Cahal Mannion nearly a contender for an all-star, like in, in some ways, you know, he was he was really superb for them. Um, and like, we're on about yeah. the goals, lads, and we, we'll touch on the other stuff the weekend now and then we'll come back to the final. But like, I don't think I, these are two brilliant keepers. Like, I, it'll be more of a defensive thing. And you mentioned Galan there, but, Prunty Mark had a good game on Gillan in the Munster final. Like he did, I, I I feel he broke even with him on that occasion. And I I I fancy I fancy Prunty. And you know what the funny thing is, I'd nearly go out, stick my neck out here and say if there's a high ball comes in, he won't drop it on Sunday. I think most fellas when they get a second opportunity, I'd say Callum Bevins be driven dri- driving it into him about TJ Reid l- latching onto the goal against Kilkenny Connor. You just need to make sure that you get that ball in your hand. And he's done it all year long. He's six foot five, Anthony. He's, there's no fear of him from a side. Exceptionally point fast as well, I think. Yeah, Matt. he just has to catch that ball. And I think I think it'd be massive for Prunty. He's captain of the team as well, having taken over from Parig Manny, who, who who's out with a cr- torn cruciate ligament. Um like he that's a very inexperienced full back line. Ian Kenny and Steve McNulty, uh, Shane McNulty in the two corners. But Prunty, I think there's a big one in Prunty. And it's a massive game for him. And he, he'll be sitting at home all week long watching, I'd say, clips of Galan. And like, we've seen Galan, what he does. He goes in behind the fullback and he's ducking back left or right. And he's watching for the shooters and he's pointing for where he wants the ball to be put. So he's going to be Prunty does catch that ball, TJ. If, if, will, if, will, he, will he have his hurley in his hand to clear it? Well, sure. You don't need a hurley, then. I <laughs> If Gillan starts at 13, does Prunty go to four? That's that's then Shami Fanning and oh, Stafton, probably. Yeah, that's the question. Yeah. Like I said, Shami Fanning and starts a full forward. Where it, does Conor Gleeson come into the equation then? Yeah, could. But uh, fascinating, that age. I, I, I think the days of the specialist full back at the edge of the square are nearly gone. Like, if as again, I'm going to refer to watching that high behind last night. Sean Finn was full back. He was corner back. Barry Nash was full back. Dan Morrissey was corner back. No, it was that into the field. Like so, I, I yeah. think Prunty be flexible enough to go to the corner. What, what, what I yeah, what I would say, Anthony, is that if Shane Fives starts, then it wouldn't make any difference because Fives could go to the corner and Mark Gillen. and that's that is a possible decision as well that the selectors will have to make. I mean, Shane Fives has been ever present in that team for the last decade. Nicked his uh, tie, I think, in the, I don't know, the quarter-final game and stuff like that. But I, I, 
he might get the benefit of the doubt and be started. But, you know, you know, it's very difficult for a management to change your team going into the final. But fives, if five is starting, there would be no decision. He would go to the corner to McElhane, in my opinion, and, and Prunty would be left at the edge of the square. Okay, and no, no danger, TJ, of Richie getting the nod. No, like, I, I, heard, I know it's too big of a call, probably. But God, I heard, I heard last weekend. Now you know you hear all this stuff, and you don't know what to say is fact or fiction. But I heard he was going as good oh, yeah, yeah. as the Richie English we knew. My, my, my view won't change like we're a month down the road since the last time we threw it out to a good play like, and he's been in the squad a month as well right? I think there might be a period of time in it but I don't yeah. think he'll start I, th- I think you may you may see him going down the stretch if, if needed but he, he won't start the other thing I was going to touch on very briefly was the water breaks like after the first water break Limerick usually have a little tweak whether it's on their puck out or the opposition puck out like in fairness to these guys, Beavens and them, they're smart now and they'll know this as well. They don't know, know that little tweak is coming. So could have a bearing in the game as, as, as to what will we see something different. Yeah, Jesus, lads, the levels of planning now and, and everything for water breaks. It's just incredible stuff, isn't it? Like that you're say, ready for the first tweak now, boys. You know, after 18 minutes, it's just it's just gone to another level altogether. Like Dela, would you would you have liked the water break there and just to get to kind of just kind of dry? I did like six or seven of them. <laughs> just to say just for two minutes, huh? The monster final there one year as Mark and Timmy McCarthy, your one Mark ninety nine. I tell you, if I could have got eight water breaks, yeah. I'd have taken them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's unreal. It's unreal the way it's gone, like isn't it? Yeah. Just, but Dela, do you see it lasting? Are we going to have four quarters coming to GA into the future? A lot of people are saying they hate it, but I, I, I don't I like know. It. I think it's, I think it's adding to the intrigue in one. Yeah, and, and do you know what's even better is that the players and the management stay out in the field, and the support when the when the supporters will be back, there'll be there'll be a crowd going down to the sideline to see what's being said. Like I heard them saying this, that, and the other. Like there won't be anywhere near the sideline. I said when, when oh, the crowd comes back. But, but I do think I do think it's brilliant that you actually can zone in on what the manager or the coach is saying. And what we've seen in a good few of them is that the coach has a lot to say during the water breaks. It's more the coach is saying anything than the manager. Well, I was privy, I was privy to Waterford's last water break because we were on that day. Myself and Jackie were on for the Munster final. And funny enough, the, for about a minute of it, Liam, Mikey and the rest of the mentors, you know, uh, got yeah. together and they left the players alone. And there was a bit of... Um, how will I say it? There was a bit of too much talking going on, if you know what I mean. And I referred to it, I think, in our pod the following day. I think it was Tig or Conor Prunty came in and said, Shut the fuck up, like you know. He yeah. said, Think about what you have to do and be ready to listen to what the boys say when they come in. Because we were only we, we were very near that in Turles. I yeah. thought that was great, but it now it didn't go well from the last quarter. But if you if you wanted something said, that was the right stop being jittery here. We are on the brink of winning Munster. But yeah. we need to take in now what Liam tells us or Mikey yeah. tells us. You only get one or two, you only, you only get one or two oh. maximum points across in that one, one, I'd say. One possibly, like maximum two. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, it's unbelievable. Lads, there's loads on the weekend. We'll come back and get your verdicts and things like that. Uh, I think it's fantastic, lads, that Joe McDonough. I'm disappointed to hear that, TJ, that, that they won't be allowed to stay for the match. I just can't believe that one. Like, I, I can understand a bunch of old Kojis that are gone bald as eggs and have weight put on uh, and, and everything else not appearing to wave to no one I, I fully understand that, that decision even the band 
the president, I would have found a bit of a shock as well. But the Joe McDonough team is not to be allowed to stay. But look, the fantastic thing being that the Joe McDonough final is on before the All-Ireland final. Because I think my point here being is that the minors are the minors. And the minors that really want to stay at it might get a chance to be there again. But these lads have re- they've been diehard hurling guys in probably unfashionable counties. Now, Antrim, Antrim did, you know, have been in Ireland, and we'll all remember the 89. That's when they kind of captured my imagination and been up on the hill behind you, Ken, actually, the final, and they're singing, got no English on our team, do that, do that. <laughs> it was only, you know, because it was, Nick, Nicky, was, Nicky was corner forward in front of the hill in the first half, and of course, Nicky put up the biggest score of all time then in the other final. They may be well off to shut up, but you know, and I know, and, and I know the Kerry scene very well, obviously, um, with my time over there with Kim Wiley. And I think it's fantastic that they're on this stage, lads. And um, yeah. I think it's the right call to put on the Joe McDonough our secondary competition. It's the right call to put it on before the All Ireland. Yeah. I know that was Sean Kelly's intention when he came up with this new structure. Yeah, you're hundred percent right, Anthony. Uh, everything you've said there is spot on. And the fact that the minor actually has gone down to under seventeen now. Um, it's a point that you know that Frank Murphy would have made in Cork is that they actually he thinks it's too young to have lads actually in Crow Park in front of eighty thousand people and it, it, they, they can get startled in the headlights. So I think that having an adult game uh, beforehand is probably the right decision. The other thing is that um, you know I know Antrim have beaten Kerry three times this year, but Shane Conway is a player that has come up on this podcast all year long. I'm delighted to see Conway is getting a game here in Crow Park and 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 we we'd see him on Sunday because. He's a magnificent talent. And there's another lad, I was involved with the minors. We played Kerry in the first round of the championship some years back. There's a lad O'Leary playing wing forward. He was on that minor. O'Leary, yeah. He was the best minor that they had that day. And he's still playing now and he's playing on Sunday mm-hmm. as well. I, I think it's just super to see fellas sticking with the game, getting to it. And like, this is a massive, massive game for both teams winning all Ireland finals. You know, this, is, this, this is the way forward. Like, yeah. what over a shadow of a doubt, Joe McDonald final on before, right? The Ramesh that were going on about the football last Sunday night, it would just, oh, it, would, it, it, it would, it would, like, you're talking about tearing the soul or some fellas with stuff that were going on with, right? You have to give every county the opportunity to win something. This is the way forward for football as well, whether it's a junior, intermediate, and a senior, give teams the opportunity to win and let them play in Crop Hack. You can't go dividing counties. You can't go asking guys, like, the GAA is about representation. You represent your family, your club, your county. The day you change that, we're in bother. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, Cap well White lads are mad to play with Limerick. Um, would you think so, TJ? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they wouldn't love it as they can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> but look at the lads. Look at, look at the David Reedy story. Like, I mean, David Reedy will probably feature for Limerick at some stage. You know, he, he, he could start, he could come on. But like, David Mundoff played for Kildare in the Christie Ring. And, you know, has that didn't that didn't stunt his growth in terms of an inter-county hurler any bit. No, it didn't stunt his growth, but he was, he was teaching up in Ace at the time and he, and he spent 12 months up there and it, it significantly helped him. But what, what they were going on about there about getting counties to join up and stuff and uh, like population. Yeah, but I, I, do, I, do, I know that, uh, TJ, but to be fair to Pat Gilroy, he was just throwing out ideas. He said, look, you know, he did make the point, you need to find what the source of the problem is before you find the solution. He was just throwing out, I suppose, CBIDs was, in terms as of far as I'm concerned, Mark, he was deflecting from the money scenario, which is the bigger issue. Yeah, yeah and okay, I also, we'll be, I, I also think that's that. Sorry, Dado, I think the Joe McDonough, the Christie Ring, it really has brought on hurling in a big way. The thrill of playing in Croke Park for the Lowry Maher, the Nicky Records is fantastic, and 
you know, this has come by accident, unfortunately, because of COVID as well, that the Joe McDonough final is now the curtain raiser uh, to the All-Ireland final itself. And I think it's some thrill for the Cinderella, so-called Cinderella counties at each end of the country, Antrim and Kerry, to be playing on the big stage, televised live as well. It's a huge thrill for, for both teams. It's a huge boost for both counties in hurling. And Pat Gilroy mentioned, uh, you know, that hurling, he mentioned hurling, I think, in a sort of a derogatory manner, in the fact that he said, oh, sure, he says, they're not even, there's no hurling even in where there should be hurling. But I think it is so important to remember that Antrim and Kerry, there's hurling there stronger than ever. You, you know that, Dale, better than anybody. Darren Gleeson came in to help out with coaching last year and they defeated Offaly in the Joe McDonough in Tullamore. And Darren, I met Darren, he said to me, Ken, I could not believe the passion and belief and the love of the sport they have in Antrim. And he, he said to me, I'd love to be involved with him full time. He has that opportunity now. He is their manager. He's a very smart, astute manager as well. But for both of those teams to be playing, we need to keep hurling alive uh, in, the, in the counties that, where they're always hurling. The Carlos, the Kerrys, the Leashes, uh, who have come strength to strength. And I think, in actual fact, in hurling parlance, we've promoted the game in a huge way. The football people can look at their football and decide where they're going, particularly in Leinster, where people have nothing to play for. There's a huge amount to play for with every hurling county in the country, be it Laurie Maher, Nicky Rackard, Christy Ring, McDonough, or, or the big stage in the Lee McCarthy. So I think it's, it's huge next Sunday. And we'll be all tuning into the game as well because we'll have a big interest in what's going to happen. 100% lads. I mean, I, 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 everything you've said, bang on. And, and I didn't actually see Sunday night. I had a bit of a 70th birthday party from our neighbour, my Mick Shea. He'll hardly be listening to our podcast now, but great guy. He was a quiet little few drinks with Mick and I didn't tune in. But uh, um, like we, we effectively, lads, have, if you look, they're on about a Premier League or they're on about Champions League style and all. We effectively have our championship, if you go back to the soccer now, our championship final with the winners going up into the Liam McCarthy on before our, our All-Ireland final on Sunday. Where, where could you get a better structure than that? And our Christy Ring champions are going up into the John McDonough. I know both teams are going up this year because yeah. of the just like Alter and like. Where could you get a better? I know there's a bit of an argument about should, should Kerry, if they win, go to Leinster or Munster, but... That is the structure we have, and there's a clear pathway there for counties to develop. We do need to better resource some of the counties trying to develop. I do think that. Um, mm. But there's no doubt we, in Hurland, we are blessed with the setup we have at the moment because effectively, if Antrim win, they go into Leinster, Galway are in there. We know that's an Ulster county, but we kind of have two conferences. And I think that's a great system to have and very fair and equal system as well. Yeah, and, and it's and it's very simple in its format as well, Anthony. And promotion and relegation. I I'm always a believer of promotion and relegation. If you're if you're winning, you need to go up that goes up to goes up the, the next to the next level. If you get beaten, you need to be considering and, and that is what has happened to Offaly down down through the last decade. So I mean very fair, but it has taken a long time to get here, but we are here now and just keep tweaking it. And, yeah. I, and I think I th- we're definitely on the right path, Anthony. Definitely. Absolutely. And spread the game. As Ken, as Ken said, spread the game. Was love to say that Hurland is not. It is in a few places, we know. And, and, but they're still fielding. Being the Lowry Mauer, whatever it is, down long, you know. So, but TJ, you, you were with Brendan last night. Obviously, he was at the preview. And, and you know, he's the weekend off with RTE. 
to focus on. And Brendan with Kerry is huge, like as well for Kerry, a fella like that to go in and be there with them. And you know, he's done it all at the highest level. And also in Antrim, like with Darren, like going up there and, and Neil Pedden was the, the manager last year and Darren went up and did a bit of coaching. And actually what they did up there is they, they made Neil Pedden a top class bloke now. They made him a director of Hurling, brought Darren in as the manager. You have Gary O'Kane working with him, the great Dunlai, Gary O'Kane. Like, I mean, they couldn't be doing things more right. I'd be just interested to know what was Cummins just playing it down last night or was he, or did you keep him off the, the topic? No, he, we, we just spoke briefly about it. He, he's, he's spending a good bit of time coaching down there. He said he's kind of very in tune with the team. He said they played them four times already, I think, this year. And he said they were beat, like Antrim beat them on all four occasions. So they have a gap close. Um, I think this is oh, the fourth. Is, is this fourth? I thought he said the fourth. Yeah. Okay. Um, but he did feel that they have a gap to close, but he also felt that they were going well. Yeah, there was no doubt there was a little pep in his step. He's definitely looking forward to this. I think this is a great opportunity, he felt, for Kerry. And they're, like, just exactly touch on what you said. They are thrilled to be here. This is a massive opportunity for them. All Ireland final day, massively looking forward to it. But I did get the sense that there was a little pep in his step. Yeah, and look, sure they look at as much. I, I got a, the, the privilege of spending a week uh, on an all star trip that I got a late call up for to, with Neil McManus. And like, God almighty, uh, he more Irish than I am, anyway. I can tell you that much, anyway. And like, talk about songs we had and, and, and the passion and the love for hurling, like, and all of them. Like, and then I know, like, fellas, like, you know, the Shane Conway you touched on, I mean, to, to see him expressing himself, we mentioned the, the surface in Crow Park, Conway must be licking his lips with the thought like, of getting out of three with due respect to it, and, or wherever the round-robin matches were played in, in the John yeah. and getting into yeah. this stadium where, you know, this guy has already won fit, two Fitzgibbon Cups, and, you know, what a, what a player, and, and, like, he'll be, and Trump have their stars as well, but, like, the likes of Jason Diggins, Daniel Connell, Collins from Kilmiley, two goals the last day to make sure they got there, so, yeah, look, I think everyone will be, will be really, really looking forward to that, and we wish them all the best, and, uh, we hope, you know, I think people just to tune in good and early Sunday and see the standard. The standard is just top class, the skill yeah. level. I mean, it's just getting used to playing, I think, at that higher level. <clears throat> we to bloody well find that out and clear, like, you know, that you have to do things faster. But the skill level, the skill level is incredible. And these fellas hold their hurley every bit as much as a Kilkenny lad, a Cock lad, a Tip lad, a Limerick lad, whatever. You know, so I, I think this is a fantastic one. Lads, it's an incredible weekend. The Camogie final Saturday evening, like, you know, I don't I, I don't expect us to go into it in depth, but I watched the semi-finals. Jesus, what matches? I know there was a bit of confusion over the time, but I think that was more of an issue with the, the TV maybe than, than, than the, the refs. I think the refs had it okay. There was no controversy afterwards. Kilkenny and Galway and the new rules in the Camogie, I have to say I was taken aback a bit with the level of tackling and the level of hitting the Cousin Mark. Physicality, yeah. It, it, I, I, and I, I'd be good friends with Paddy Murray. I know Paddy since he was a young fella, to be honest about it. And um, they were bitterly disappointed to be beaten in the semi-final by Kilkenny, led by goal and three points and no score after five or ten minutes. But in typical Kilkenny fashion, never gave up, kept chipping away at, 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 the, at the scoreboard and, and won out in the dead. Caught, missed a couple of opportunities and I know Paddy would have been a bit disappointed with the referee and so for that, but I think Kilkenny were deserving winners on the day, and Cork have only got themselves to blame, to be honest. Um, and and look, like Cork would have been one of the teams that were looking for a change in the referees, sorry, the rules and the more physicality. And look, the three best teams 
I suppose in the country, Galway, uh, Kilkenny and Cork were in the semi-finals. There was no surprises there. And, you know, they were very tight and stuff like that. But I think Galway, to me, are the team to beat, Anthony, in that final. Um, they're all Ireland, the current all Ireland champions. Um, they got a good test from, from Tipperary, but not, not as, I say, as physical, but overall very physical at the same time. But you know what? Isn't it a brilliant situation to have the All Ireland final on on Sunday? You have Saturday, a, Saturday night. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday night, yeah. yeah. You, you obviously had the hassle with the football, the ladies' football last weekend, and you know these things happen and so for that. But it's massive for any Camogie player who's playing an All Ireland final in Crow Park, and the whole nation will be watching again, Anthony. That's the thing about it because that's it. Television, it's brilliant. And Ken Tip has made great progress, but as Mark said, they're they're an awful balanced team, that Galway team, aren't they? They're not really relying on on one or two. They're, they just seem to have an all-round squad and even the subs they bring in. Yeah, they've been knocking at the door for a while. Cahill Murray took over there. You know, ex-Sarsfield's player, All-Ireland Club med- medal winner. Um, Waterford IT, Fitzgibbon man as well. Very smart, astute fella. Like, he had a tough one last year with the Hopper's daughters. You know, they weren't involved. And, uh, you know, what a year for Galway Camogie for Sarsfield then to come along with Hopper in charge and he nearly played the game I think I think there was a male playing with the 15 females he was out in the middle of the it's the same as marking him Ken yeah yeah what a, what, what, a, what a win for Sarsfields and now the McGraths added to it you know uh, so I mean he has all the aces in the pack Galway are at their at their peak at the moment Tipper coming through with a young team um, a couple of forwards, you know, coming back, obviously, uh, caught to Van, the, the, she's the number one, but, you know, Sarah Friday's back after Cruciate. Claude McIntyre, actually, my, uh, niece of John's, daughter of Aidan's, she's only uh, 19 years of age, coming on to the team. She'll be way stronger next year, brilliant forward. So tip of a lot to play for, you know, in the next few years, but it's going to be an intriguing final. Kilkenny, we've got to like this Kilkenny Camogie team. When you lose three or four finals, like you, you, you get to, to fall in love with a team. And this Kilkenny team, as Mark mentioned, showed savage fighting spirit. They will give it their absolute best. But Galway just seem to have the edge at the moment. Yeah. Fascinating. And as you mentioned, Kilkenny, like Denise Gall with the freeze the last day and the wind below in Cork. Like, it was an incredible exhibition. Again, people that haven't seen too many games. And I'm not saying I'd be going off to watch too many Camogie matches we'd be busy enough I suppose but just to see the le- putting down freeze on the sideline 60 yards out and throwing them over the bar and no bother to her yeah. like you know so yeah. stuff, but, yeah and it lads we've the resumption then of the 20s and minors um, we, we can't go through the games in details there's a lot pile on Saturday um, we have Waterford and Tip to look forward to next Tuesday evening which will be lovely things will be dying down and TJ you'll be kind of trying to Calm the nerves a little bit after the <laughs> couple of days of celebration or drowning the sorrows, and you'll be able to sit back and watch water and tip going at it on TG Car. So, brilliant games. As the, the question there, though, I suppose like the preparations very difficult. There's a great game in Leinster as well with Offaly in Dublin. Um, Dublin looking for revenge for Offaly beating them last year, and Offaly kind of on a high at that level. And so, but the preparation thing, Mark, has been funny and we, we had a bit of a crack last night. You said, I know of one team that have no preparation. I quickly quipped back that it was Claire because we're out of it. I know. I think I know. everyone is still in it, Bear Claire. Well, yeah, but I would say, to be fair, I think an awful lot of the teams are in the same situation as Claire, Anthony, because there has been no preparation up to maybe 10 days ago when the lockdown was lifted. 
Uh, and now it's a cramming situation. It's a bit like the leaving supper. We said for TJ the last couple of days beforehand. <laughs> Getting the books out at 12 o'clock at night. But, um, we, got, we got you into the bank and we're all right. <laughs> got the two annals. That's all you want to was the two annals and pass the English and the Irish. Just <laughs> scraped over the line. <laughs> but, uh, I, I'd, say, I, I'd say the team that possibly... You know, the management that had set it up, there's listen, you need to stay, stay fit now. And I would make a big difference. There's a big differential between the minors and the under-20s because the minor lads are in school and they've been allowed to train. So their fitness levels yep. haven't gone at all. And from what I can gather, the Cork minors would be in reasonably good shape and they'd be happy enough where they are at the moment. I'd say on the, on the under-20s, I don't think they, they may not have done a whole pile and stuff for that because they didn't know whether the championship was actually going to be... Be concluded or not so I, I'd be a bit concerned on, on that side and I think a lot of the under 20 teams probably won't have a whole pile done in terms of the, the fitness but the team or the management had a, that have I suppose kept fellas going during that last lockdown that six weeks and the fittest team I think will probably win out and it's a it wouldn't surprise me if Galway and Tip end up in the All-Ireland final in the under 20. Yeah good 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 call I suppose Tip in the 20 TJ have the benefit of a game against Clare where they struggled for the first half, but then they kind of showed the power with Conor Bow and that they looked a serious 20 team for me for a finish. But Limerick Park, uh, I suppose there's a bit of a Gary Spillane representation with Limerick, is there? There is. I think there's four or five guys, five yeah. guys all together in the extended panel. I think they named the extended really panel. They wouldn't, um, I'm probably two or three of them on the team, I'd say. Um, there wouldn't be massive expectation for this team. I think Cork are short favourites to, uh, to, to win the game. Um, so it's great to go ahead. They would, as I said, the preparations only ten days, two weeks. These guys probably would have been worked on in Zoom and different platforms over over the summer months. You're probably talking about you're going to go back to natural ability rather than maybe game plans and specific ideas for teams. So you're going to rely on these guys. The Limerick team. They've had a couple of decent minor teams over the last number of years. There's a Cahill O'Neill there in the forwards who's been an excellent, excellent minor. I say definitely want to look forward to. And from our own club, he would be, um, and every the wife said, Dylan O'Shea, another good one there as well. Dylan, you would have got your hands He's slow. He's slow that time. Slow. Another really, really good forward. So um, a few nice picks to look forward to. I said, we probably won't know what really to fully expect, but definitely a nice game to look forward to and to whet the appetite. Yeah, for the weekend. They can be streamed, I think, can't they, lads? I think those, those yeah, matches can, that are not being shown. Yeah, yeah, it can be streamed. Uh, well, well Limerick Lim- yeah. Cork is on television, I think. It's on TG4, yeah. yeah. It's on TG4. Yeah. Half four. There's, there's a gap in the times, I think, aren't they? They're, they're kind of 12. One is one o'clock and one is kind of half three or something like that. So you'll yeah. be able to stream the other game. I think it's fantastic mi- stuff to the watch. Mi- the, mi- the miners are playing, Anthony, I think, at 12 o'clock. I think uh, 12 o'clock and one o'clock or something like that. So... Yeah, yeah, they're all been they're all been they're, they're all been streamed, and uh, the miners are all been streamed, which is brilliant, you know, because I'm lucky enough now. Awfully, you're playing Dublin in Boron su- Sunday, so I'm in for that, or Saturday, I'm in for that, and I'm in for Tuesday night, uh, the twenties. If I can get into Dungarvan and Tuesday night, TJ, it'll all depend on the results. But um, um, I awfully, awfully, actually, this team, this is the great white hopes for awfully. This is a good twenties team. Uh, they've lost Luke O'Connor, uh, unfortunately, but uh, Dignan's own son, Brian Dignan, a fine, a fine player. They have a good team, and they're they're actually hoping maybe to 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 take uh, Dublin on, uh, uh, on Saturday. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, and I know the Dubs that would have been a good minor um, team. So that's that's another fascinating one. That's I, I was going to ask you 
we'll we'll save the team of the year uh, for Monday. But uh, uh, your contenders, lads, for holder of the year, like it's, it's still hard to call. The favorite is Hago. I had a quick look at the bookies last night. I don't have a bookies app now. I had to Google Paddy Power. But uh, uh, TJ, don't be looking at me like that. But um, <laughs> it's Hago and Stephen Bennett in that order. But then you have a, a raft of fellas like. An awful lot will come down to what happens on, on, on Sunday, won't it, for the whole of the year? Yeah, big game on Sunday will be a massive plus. I, th- I do think that Hago and Stephen Bennett are entitled to be front runners. For me, um, are the two dark horses in there? I think Ty de Borca is playing something that's just unbelievable at the moment. I think he's one of the best hurlers in the country. I think he's a dark horse. And the other one for me is Keane. I know he's a former hurler of the year, but he's just instrumental to this team. An awful lot of the good stuff that Limerick do goes through them. Like it moment, big moments at times when maybe Limerick look like they're kind of just hitting a flat spot or whatever. He comes and does something. He just has that X factor. And for me, he's one of the special guys to go and just, just go and watch a game. So they'd be the two dark horses for me with two guys in front of him. Would Tom Morrissey be in that mix, uh, TJ, yeah. if, he got, if he produced a man of the match performance? Yeah, That'll be think, back to back. I think by Tom's old standards, his monster campaign probably would have been maybe a little bit flatter than he would have liked. But absolutely, absolutely. Like, you know yourself, we're probably, um, we probably don't remember a whole lot. And maybe the last game is usually what we kind of yeah. inf- influence <laughs> our minds. He had a very good all Ireland final in 2018. Is that my dog again, Dale O'Neill? No. <laughs> Marley, Marley, shut up. <laughs> no, come here, though, TJ. Tom, Tom had a very good game against Hypno as well, though. Yeah. If you go back and if man of the match last day, I mean, he was marking Brendan against Hip, and like the Tip half back line struggled with the half forward line, obviously. But um, I think if he could put up a massive kind of contender for man of the match, yeah. he could be a dark horse. You're right about Keane. Could be Burns, could be a dark horse as well, Keane, couldn't he? Yeah, geez, Burns has had some year lads, you know, at, at wing back. But to me, it looks uh, uh, if we discount poor old Tony Kelly. I think yeah, it looks like Hegarty or or Stephen Bennett or the or the Borka, By the way, if he if he holds the whole thing together on oh, Sunday, yeah. big time, big time. The Borka has a big say in this. Yeah, if he's a big game, he's a big say in this. And it look sure, um, that'll be a um, a decision, I suppose, for out down the time as well. Because I know the the Sunday game will probably name the hurler of the year, but the, the official one will be. So let's let's it's a massive again, Mark. You, you, you've a, there's a fundraiser there. Someone has, has there is, asked. Has there is, yeah. Uh, I did. Um, I got a call there from the chairman of uh, Passage West um, during the week. Owen Barry and, and his PRO Megan Farr sent me on the information. Um, it's it's a predictor quiz for the All Ireland final, Anthony, and it's the only fundraiser that the club are having for 2020. So, you know, each question has been allocated a number of pints, and there's there's 250 quid for the for the winner, 150 for third, and 100. Sorry, 150 for second and 100 euros in third. And this might be interesting for us now. It's a tenner for one entry, but you can p- purchase a family ticket, right, for three entries for 20 quid. So you put up the 20 quid and myself and TJ and, and, and Ken will pick the teams. How's that? What have you, what have you to do? Pick the, pick the, what's the so competition he, he, again? Sorry. The, 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 it's a predictor. So there are <laughs> 10 questions. There are 10 questions, right? I, oh, I just, and, okay. and they're very good, like, you know, uh, first player to be booked, player to shoot the first wide, top scorer on the day from play, man of the match, first back to score from play. So they're not to predict, and it's called a predictor one, right? So 
Yeah, you know, no, after Mark Landers' performance in the fantasy, he's picking nothing anyway, I can tell you that. No, no way am I agreeing to let him pick anything. No way. Uh, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't trust the 20 quid with him, TJ? No, not a hope, not a hope. No, no. And then, yeah, we well, leave, we stick to the horses, I think. Well, we're on that, right, actually, for charity as well, for Cleaners Foundation, myself and two half-decent forwards, right, Dan Shanahan and Shane Dowling, we have an up for the match from 12 to 1 on Sunday. If anybody wants to spend a bit of time, I think it's a, it's a tenor there. You can log on to Cleaners Foundation. Uh, it's a charity close to my heart. Uh, I work here with Brendan Ring. It's his daughter who passed away a number of years ago. I think, Dale, you probably would have known that with your connections in Brough. So that's just, it's an hour on Sunday. Lee Mahern is emceeing it. It's just going to just concentrate on our own final day, what it means. Anybody want to tune in, spend an hour, that's cleanersfoundation.ie. Myself, the Dow, and Dan Shanahan will be chatting, hurling, and put us on Sunday. So thanks two, for that. Two, two great forwards and a uh, back come forward. <laughs> forward come back. Back come forward. AJ, yeah, Mr. <laughs> Streaker, slapper. Yeah. <laughs> um, just, just on, on the passage draw, entry, the funny thing is they're going to do regular updates during the match as well. So oh, just brilliant. log on to their Facebook page, the, the passage which GAA club. Larry, we might be able to put up a link, will we, at some sort to the Twitter thing for the two, the two charities. I think it'd be great. That's a sore point with me about predictive um, because in 2009 All-Ireland uh, a famous uh, Kilkenny Horror got the first pint uh, from a free and he was backed very heavily in Burr by a lot of my Offaly friends so I can tell you <laughs> <laughs> that's a sore well, point you, <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't a goal at least Ken it was a pint no, <laughs> so. four, sco- four score and he was heavily backed <laughs> you, you'd be go, kind of going for DJ anyway wouldn't you <laughs> Henry <laughs> Good. come here uh, Les just to touch on we have this the last day of the fantasy hurling um, it's bubbling up something savage like there's um Murty's gang is on top, as we expected coming down the stretch, I suppose. You know, 1,238 points. But the Kenyans, the Kenyans are up my ass with 1,220 points. And his team is loaded with Loaded, yeah. And me and TJ, you're on two points behind him on 1,218. Now, I know there's people in the real league who are way ahead of us. That we are better But they're actually winning the, the examiner uh, league and they're also winning the overall league so we'll wish them the best of luck but look he's Paddy I think uh, Joe Sword from Cock there put up prices putting me as the favourite and then someone said Joe I'd take a look at the teams yeah. Larry <laughs> got into four to seven or something like that like is there only any way you can be stopped like only Keen Lynch can save you I think there though Keen Lynch to get centre forward I want Keen Lynch and I want I'm sorry Tig but I want him to get about two three from play <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, sure. Look at uh, you're yeah, you're you're nailed on, Larry, to win it. Me and TJ will be fighting for runners up. I'm afraid. Yeah, looking that way. I didn't bring the wooden spoon into the room today, Mark. Do we have it around? But uh, <laughs> you're back there on 879 points. It's quite impressive, Anthony, for the first year in the uh, in the fantasy hurling. Because you who had the rules read beforehand. I, I, TJ is learning from the English teacher that he he he's after learning to learn to, to read at this stage now. So. Yeah. <laughs> next yeah, year, I, Dale, I'll be back next year, kid. With a vengeance, with a vengeance, with a vengeance. Um, and Dale, a very tight finish for the in the as you say in the other league for, between Grogan and um, Kieran McKillian for the 
Yeah, it's coming to clear. It's coming to clear, Larry. We 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 never leave the year without winning something. No, one time we use, but we'll be we'll be bringing home the fantasy. Garrod Grogan there, and we'll study his team now when I get off the air to see what has he and what's up what's he up against. But again, of course, we see that it's great crack and and, and fair play to Onro and, and the lads Cahill up there and shout out to them and uh, lads. It's a uh, prediction time, uh, TJ. You're gonna do it. Yeah, it, we've been more or less favourites all year. You know, I, outside of the two or three little blips that Ken spoke about, which I do recognise, I do think that this team is in a very strong position. Strong bench. Like going for 10 games or a 10 win in 2020. I think everything's in order. and I think we'll win the game. I do reckon it will be tight. I think we're down to in the handicap betting's at four points. I don't see a bit any more than that, but I am going for a Limerick win. Yeah, title number nine. Title number nine. Jeez, I, I forget about him when he won the 30s. Yeah. But, uh, fair play, fair play, fair play. Larry, give us the call. Who, who's going to who's gonna be bringing home? They're not allowed to bring it home, mind you. No. McCarthy. Imagine that. But uh, Larry, who you see? Oh, uh, who did I go for the last day? I can't remember now. <laughs> <laughs> the, oh, I think, uh, having listened to, I, I, yeah, I, I listened to TJ last night down in Waterford and he was he was quietly confident. So I, yeah, I'm sticking with Limerick. Okay, Ken. Yeah, well, considering I'm representing Ken, Ken won today. Um, I suppose we've spoken about both teams' strengths and weaknesses. Uh, I just feel Liam Cahill, the tradition of coming back after losing Munster finals, and uh, they put up a huge, huge display, surprised us all uh, in the Munster final. They have come back flying it. They're at their peak of their powers. Bennett, Gleeson, um, and of course, Young Fagan have come alive uh, to supplement the, the guys that are already, are already playing so well, the Burke and Co. But um, I'm going for a draw. I'm going for a draw and I'm going for Austin Gleeson to take the fifth penalty to win the All-Ireland for, for Watford. So, okay, although you've predicted a draw, you're draw you, extra you, time. Yeah, I'm going, going for the, I think it's 2020. It's going to be one of those years where we're going to have a draw, extra time and penalties. Oh my God! Can you imagine the last lad stepping up to that, Ozzy? The best look with that. If you're listening, Ozzy, I presume you're barred from listening. But if you listen back, Ozzy, I hope you score it because I wouldn't like to see anyone missing that one anyway. Um, that means I pick one for Delo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, Anthony, the the deaf dog. Well, you went for Kikini to win it, Mark. So go on. I did now. To be fair, I did. I did. Thanks, Anthony. <laughs> what year was that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, uh, it's uh, it's look, I, I look. Limerick have been the outstanding team all year. Um, they're they hit the ground running in the start. Um, but I I think I I'm 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 siding towards Waterford the closer I'm getting to it. I mean Limerick are strong favourites. There's no point in getting away from that. And I just have a feeling that Cahill brings something to this Waterford team. He's brought a, a calming effect to him. I think they are fitter. They're actually fitter. They're not stronger than Limerick, but they're fitter. And I think the surface in Crow Park will be a big help to them. I think the crowd's not being there. Level-headedness. They've matched them toe-to-toe in the Munster final. I think the surface, the difference between Turles and Crow Park is in Waterford's favour. And I'm giving Waterford the nod uh, to bring Liam McCarthy back after 61 long years. Wow, well, I tell you, like the, the Irish Examiner in conjunction with Renault experts here, 
to all on the All Ireland final, lads. Thanks very much for your predictions. I'll hold off on mine. <laughs> <laughs> you're not hey Dilo yeah, yeah. you're not getting out the gap that easy I, kid I, 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 I think the readers have to buy the paper on Saturday to find oh, the right. well, <laughs> well TJ just before I give it I'd say lads tomorrow is we always say get the examiner on Saturday anyway but tomorrow for the magazine lads f- fantastic how many pages have we Larry 20 pages on Friday yeah Tw- plus, the, plus the regular stuff in the paper as well but 20 page magazine well obviously yeah, there'll be a bit of stuff about Brexit and things like that and the vaccine and all but look this is the All-Ireland weekend Larry cut that <laughs> all, all that's out the Arsenal. window football football gone Arsenal done I think I think I think I think the treaty men are going to bring their living best because I think they realise if this one slips it can be hard to get back and get that second medal and I, I, I think, I know TJ, you're dead right. They owe the Limerick Republic nothing. And, and, and what they've won in the last three years, incredible. They only lost one game. They had to win. And, and that was the kick anyone. And I just think they might look at the Clare story in 13 and say, everyone said coming out that even, this Clare team, how young they were. And I think Kylie and Kinnerk and Alan Cunningham will have these boys so ready to deliver. Mm-hmm one of the biggest performances they've given in three years that I just can't see them being stopped. I really do think Waterford have improved. I could see Waterford winning it. I could. I could picture it in my mind's eye. But I just think Limerick will, will see see out the deal and, and collect a second in three years. And I think that team might deserve that. I know no one, you get what you're, you're, you'll get what you deserve. But I think this team might deserve that. So I'm going to give it the 3-2 for Limerick. So... I'll, I'll keep the bookies happy, TJ. And uh, yeah, lads, uh, great, great chat today. Know Tony will be giving out about how long we were again, Larry, but once we get going, sure, we can't we can't stop. Um, I hope we're all healthy for Monday and stuff. Like, you know, we, we, uh, we bring a good show again Monday, even if the voice is a bit croaky from trying to get a word in edgeways with Sheffield and Cusack. Um, but oh, we'll do our best. A line up, huh? Well, the two of them lost all Ireland. I only played in two and I won the two, so yeah, yeah. The, I have a 100% class. record in the final. So I like the, the final. Are you so. in the middle between them? I suppose they have to be divided. It was very rough between <laughs> Cartick and Kenny there for a while, wasn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. Don't mention the Stepford wives. When you, when you caused the strikes, like the Kenny wives didn't like it. Oh, just come here. That's a, that's a pad in its own someday. Sorry, I'm not Box up, socks up, Mark. Box up for the parade. And, jer- and jersey's out, Ken. <laughs> and, and don't step into the photograph. <laughs> and Mark, is Colin Keane riding the horse tomorrow? Yeah. Well, he's on board, kid. Oh, Ron, it doesn't, what a man to ride on dark as well, like. Yeah, he's only back, I'd say. He, he hasn't been riding for a couple of weeks, but... Um, yeah, where, where, where'll she be? She'll be second or third. She'll be handy. I think she'd be dropped out, I'd say, this weekend. Oh, jeez, I hate there's to drop out, crack. There's always another day, Dela. She never here. forgot to split. So yeah. you're t- are you telling the listeners have their hair there and tenor each way on her? I'm not. Not, not. not today, I don't think so. But um, so, there's, there's, a bit of, there's a bit more water under the bridge between here and half as far tomorrow, like, you know, and uh, she's got to get there first, I suppose. And, uh, but look, we'd be hopeful enough, I suppose, that she'll acquit herself well, but may- maybe not tomorrow. Okay, so listeners, uh, I have known Mark Landers with the bones of 20 years now at this stage. Uh, might be a little bit more, so I could say, have your tenor each way tomorrow evening. <laughs> <laughs>
He's not riding her. Colin Keane is riding her. Yeah, there's a lot of weight coming off her back. I can tell you. This there is, that. There is. She won't be getting bogged down in Camel like the last day. No, that's great no. stuff. Thanks a million. Brilliant, brilliant stuff as usual. Great opinions, and and we're looking forward to an incredible weekend of the of the ancient game, the small ball. Bring it on. Even though the 13th of December, we never thought we'd see it. But look, everyone out there, I'd say, love it, live it. You, you, might, you might be as lucky as I am to be there. I'm, I feel privileged. But uh, yeah, I can't wait, I have to say. And we'll see you all on Monday. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, taking the passion of a nation to a whole new gear. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 